0: Coming to you once again from our quarantine bunkers deep in the Flyover States, we reviewed Halloween Havoc 1998. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast.
1: Oh, she said she wants me oh, all of the time. She said she needs me, and that would be fine. I just want that woman to.
0: Welcome to the show. This is the Golden Age of Grappling podcast, episode 245. I am DP. And I'm
2: Tony G. DP this week for the people. We went back to 1998 and watched WCW Halloween Havoc.
0: A show filled entirely with forgettable matches, headlined by a few that had the audience desire to be great, but was put on by a company that had no ability to pay off anything in a satisfying format, and they ran out of time as far as the live people were watching.
2: Yeah, and I'll touch on this throughout the show, but Halloween Havoc 1998, also interesting from a historical standpoint in the company, as after this show, things are never the same for many of the top stars in this company. Yeah, this is really, as I was looking at things, it's interesting how much things change for the top one percenters in this company (laughs) um, following this show.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting show. I'm excited to talk about it. But the reason we're discussing this show this week is because this is a Wrestling Review Podcast. Each week, Tony and I get together. We discuss the wrestling event that we agreed to watch the previous week. It's kind of like the Oprah's Book Club, but with wrestling nerds. For any and all information about the show and all the links to various places on the internet, we can be found. Go to goldenagepodcast.com. And if you feel the need to express yourself like in a way that's more than a social media post, you can send us an email, goldenagegrappling at gmail.com.
2: Yes, do that. You can do one of those note things, and then when they post it in the the Twitters, and then they don't have to follow the character limit rules. That's true, too. too. You can do that. I guess we do take text Um,
0: images. (laughs) But
2: sure, absolutely. Reach out. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear us talk about. We do take requests, folks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, send your request up and tip your waitresses
0: absolutely and we will be doing a request next week we'll talk more about it at the end of this week's show but before we get rolling speaking of social media uh tony we got a bit of a boost last week oh uh, from right. a star of the show we reviewed lufisto was right. kind enough to tweet out our episode and uh got us a few extra listens there i really appreciated it and if you're from that place and this is you're new to the show welcome
2: yes absolutely um yeah Really was tickled by that. Um, you know, with my schedule being the way it is, you know, I, the message had come and, uh, I was like, Oh, it's a group message. I'm like, oh God, what are those guys talking about? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. I don't want, you know, I'm just going to turn the sound off. And when I got up to get ready for work and I looked at my phone and I was like, I like double tick. It was like, wait, hang on. <laughs> I was like, who sent that? And I was just like, oh, my God. And I was like, you know, still rubbing the crust out of my eyes. And I was like, holy yeah. shit. We got a response from Lufisto herself. Not just someone that liked the, that show. Not just someone that was a part of that show. But the individual who won the tournament on that show.
0: <laughs> yeah, and was so, featured in our show art. Like, it was just very cool.
2: Absolutely. So we really appreciate it. And uh, she's the best. So definitely yeah. means the world
0: absolutely yeah uh so now tony let's let's get back into the world of wrestling as far as this week's show is concerned before we can head back to 1998 we have to chat a little bit about what's been happening in the current ever-changing world of pro wrestling because there's so many shows happening all the time so let's get a taste of it with the sid vicious dishes
1: yeah with that board with this look on my face it was something that was given to me because of people like you The eagle turns steel by me! It's the big dumb guy! And I have half the brain that you do! This disrespect is not something I was born with, it's something I was acquired because people like you! Because you are feared of me! And you're going to tell me the magic word sin vicious! All
3: well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a
1: little bit of- Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry.
0: All right, Tony, we are live. What do we got this week?
1: Well, DP, we had a
2: little show called Hell in a Cell. <laughs> yes. And it took place. And I have to say... Um, you know, we're far past the point of really taking into account the lack of an audience affecting the quality of the show. Like, that is yeah. out of even really the talk anymore. Like, that just is what it is. <laughs> um, but I thought they did a good job on this show of wrapping up some very personal storylines without the Rollins Mysterio family one being a part of it. Um <laughs> That's a that's a
0: mon- that's a money cow. You don't you don't fucking cut the head off that thing. Ooh
2: boy, we're going to mania with that shit. I can't wait. Um so but the show opened with a match that was really I was, I was a little bit shocked that they would do this just because um I feared this one would be tough to top and um after the way this one ended, you know, from an emotional standpoint, um I do think it was probably a little bit tough to follow this one, but uh Roman Reigns Retaining his universal title over Jey Uso in the I quit match. It was, (laughs) I don't remember if I sent you the text or if I did end up texting you it or not, but it was basically just Roman Reigns murders his cousin for about 15 (laughs) minutes. Like it was competitive and then it just stopped being competitive and it got really uncomfortable for Jey Uso fans.
0: So like that's, that one was not in a cage, right? No, it was. Oh, that was one of the three cage match, like Hell in a Cells. But they did nothing with the cage.
2: Yes. They did nothing with the cage.
0: Which, I mean, when you're going to have three of them, it's probably good to have one match that just does nothing with it. But
2: (laughs) yeah. So, but this match was, I mean, Roman destroying Jay, um, put his like head between the steel ring post and the steps. Ooh, that's always rough. And did the drive by, Uh, like, put the steps and. You know, like, he did all this, and the ref, then the ref was going to end it, was like, no, 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 that's it, I'm calling the match, and Roman was like, oh, this isn't over. you doing that, like, that, like, creepy serial killer Roman thing he's doing now, you know, where he's just like, (laughs) oh, no, no, this isn't over. Oh, this isn't over yet. And, like, he just, like, threw the ref out of the ring, and then, like, officials got in, like, so it was this weird moment where it was like, so it's over? I was like, but, oh, Jay didn't say I quit, so that's probably still going to be a thing, right? And, no. Like Roman wasn't gonna allow it to be a question, so he got the steel ring steps and was literally gonna like smash Jay's head with the ring steps. Okay. And Jimmy slid in and got in between them and you know said, "You know, cut, you know, stop, man." Stop. Was he
0: was he already in the cage at that point, or was like no?
2: They had opened it because that's how the officials got in because they were trying to end the match. Oh, okay, but yeah. Roman Roman wasn't having that. Gotcha. Uh, it was pretty crazy even hearing like Paul begging Jay to quit. Like, please, Jay, please quit. Like, <laughs> as Roman was like killing him. Uh, but then Roman grabbed Jimmy and was doing the guillotine. That's Roman's new thing. He does like the guillotine mm-hmm. choke. He's going to break his neck. And so Jay said, I quit so that he would stop hurting Jimmy.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Dude, I mean, so, this was one of it those was things. Good. It, it's been good all the way through. Like, this right. is one of the few... You know, maybe WWE has turned a corner in some ways. I don't... Right. You know, who knows? I don't know wow. that Vince McMahon can be stopped for long. But <laughs> right. they've managed to pull off a great storyline and feud throughout mm-hmm. this. And like you said, it seems like this is a pretty definitive, I would think, well, ending, at least and because, for now. Well,
2: because also, remember this. If he they lose, they're out. Their family's out. Their family's family's out. They're, like... They're out of like the Samoan family, like gotcha. it's, you know, like or they're going to be indentured, indentured servants. So you're probably going to have the Usos being Romans like ah. henchmen now. I like, forgot about this forts.
0: this element of the story. Yeah, okay. Because
2: after the match, Atha and Sika, Roman's dad. Yeah, the, but the original Lost were at the top of the ramp and they like crowned him as like the tribal chief.
0: Gotcha. See, I only like, saw a still image of that, but the way that yeah. the still image looked. It didn't look like those two were necessarily proud of him or anything. Like, did, did, well, how were they? They hugged him.
2: They hugged him. Listen, it was very godfatherish. You know what I mean? Okay. Everything was very cold and without emotion. Gotcha. So it's always a little hard to say what their actual approval rating is of things. It's yeah. just kind of business. Okay. That kind of the feeling I got about the, the sp- whole process. The
0: split you know? second still images. I think one of them looked like they're kind of side eyeing him. So I was just like, oh, okay, they're disapproving of where he's been because this is, yeah. you know, because even Paul in the background is, looks like he's been in distress for the oh, last dude, 10 yeah. minutes.
2: Paul was, Paul was great, dude. Paul <laughs> was doing all of it with his eyes and I, I got to give him credit,
0: but yeah, good stuff. Good segment. I really
2: enjoyed that. I have to say this. I have to, anybody else mentioned this, but it's driven me crazy all month. So the official theme song for Hell in a Cell is a song called "Welcome to My Hell," is the name of the song. Welcome to okay. My Hell. Go back and watch the tapes for every mention of this song throughout the course of the promotion, and they will call it "Welcome to Hell" every
0: time. <laughs> like Robert does the graphic say Michael my Cole, hell on it? What's that? Does the graphic at least have the correct title on it?
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Every time though, it has been said since they've been announced this song, they all call it "Welcome to Hell." I bet
0: that was just a decision that Vince made. He was just like, "We can't call it my Hell. That's too... What does that mean uh, for the announcers?" Like, I'm just like,
2: anyway, that's just, just that a silly ridiculous. thing that I picked up on that just drove me crazy. I'm um, sure, the, I'm
0: sure the people that like wrote the song and stuff were probably just like, "Come on, really? Like, you're just gonna change the title of my shit?" Right. <laughs>
2: Oh. Oh well, they got paid, I guess. um uh, the Law and Otis recap from SmackDown happened. I don't know if you saw any of this. JBL was the judge. Ron Simmons was the bailiff. Um Otis defended <laughs> himself.
0: Those.
2: Yeah, it was it was okay. In this format, in this package format on the pay-per-view is probably the best way to watch it. Okay. Because it's kind of just the highlights. Um but at the end, JBL determined in favor of the Miz for no reason at all, and ordered that Otis face the Miz at Hell in a Cell. And the winner takes all match.
0: What does take all mean? Like, does he get the the heavy machinery? All the money in the bank briefcase. Yeah.
2: And Ms. beat Otis for the money in the bank briefcase.
0: Which, I mean, I feel like
2: Tucker turned on his friend Uh, and hit him in the head. Okay. Yep. They went there. They did the jealous tag team partner thing.
0: I mean,. What is, what does he have to be jealous of? The guy's done nothing for like the last three months. Well, he's just been,
2: you say that, but he's had to stand by while his tag team's basically been broken up. As Otis became a single wrestler, Mandy Rose is his girlfriend on screen, and he won he won the Money in the Bank briefcase. Like he's had one hell of a 2020 while poor tucky has just sat on the sidelines
0: no you're not wrong there and 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 it's it's uh the of the tag teams they've had the storyline with this one makes the most sense because of all those (laughs) things you just laid out right but since getting that money in the bank briefcase he's just been (laughs) there like right basically and other than this lawsuit stuff um but yeah, no, it, it's one of those things where I feel like Tucker or fucking Otis won the money in the bank and everyone said he's going to lose it to someone else because there's yeah. no way this company will let him wrestle for the title against the people that they have currently in their main event picture. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah. I guess, you know, yeah. why? Why am I surprised?
2: No, not at all. No, hell, I wouldn't mind seeing the Miz it in. Why not? Um, match of the night, in my opinion, probably by a pretty good margin. Sasha Banks defeated Bayley in a Hell in a Cell match to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah. Um, these ladies did a little bit of everything, a lot of innovation with the table. Um, you know, Sasha doing that Meteora all over the place. <laughs> Just, those double <laughs> knees, man. Anywhere she found an opening yeah. to hit her with those, and that she hit her ass hard. I don't know if you see, you'll probably see that one. She did one where okay. Bayley was, like, against the cage wall, and I think she jumped off the apron it's like now what, Sasha? <laughs> you know, you know, she <laughs> did the double knees and you're on Bailey's so- shoulders and there's only one thing man, oh. dude. I was like, Oh, that had to fucking hurt.
0: Well, I mean, your knees are one thing too. Like you said, there's I guess there's the other aspect of falling down after it, but like just even diving on towards the knees, like anytime well, that the opponent's gonna miss that. I'm surprised that like the great Muda hasn't called her up personally and been like, Hey, fucking stop that.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. You're gonna you're that.
0: gonna you're not gonna walk as an old woman. It's <laughs> probably possible.
2: Um but no these I mean, it was uh great stuff back and forth, um, really felt like things could have gone either way. Uh, there was a great moment at the beginning of the match with you know Bailey kind of has her chair that she's been carrying with her that she hurt sasha's neck with and mm-hmm. um, in a pre match tussle, the chair got <laughs> lost out of the ring <laughs> that, as that, that one was
0: eliminated from the vocabulary of wrestling fans you're not allowed to use the word tussle in any non sexual format <laughs> now, God damn it.
2: What? <laughs> Tussle is a great word for that. Like, you know, a,
0: a little. No, you're right, but work. Tony Schiavone has ruined that word for me. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I got, okay. All right. Well, they played tug of war. <laughs> okay. They fought over it yeah. and then it fell out of the ring. Um, so that was good. You know, good stuff there. She, of course, then eventually got it back. Um, she tried something with the kendo sticks and some duct tape that, didn't go great. But okay. I mean, listen, that was a very small problem with the match. Overall, it was really great stuff. Now, um, and I, I, you know, it, I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I expected these two to have a good match. You know, it's been something that they've built to for so long, and it's never fully happened in a way that made, you know, the, like the full amount of sense. And here they are. Mm-hmm. They've got a hell in a cell match finally to do it in. And it makes sense to have it, and it makes sense to do it the way they did it. But my question is have we gotten the announcement? Because very similar to Ray Phoenix, every time that she's had the big match and won the big match, oh boy, she's been injured. There. Is, is Sasha Banks okay, at least? I, I I have not seen anything. I'm just curious if you've seen anything or anything. No, I think, she,
2: yeah. So far, knock on wood, okay. I, don't, I think um, she broke her curse at Hell in a Cell. I think she'd lost like every Hell in a Cell match she'd been in at yeah. that
0: point. I mean, so. yeah, she's not got a great record as far as Hell in a Cell or even just pay-per-view matches. She loses quite a few of those as well.
2: Yeah, but they even did the finish with, you know, a chair assisted bank statement to make Bailey tap out, which was good stuff. So, uh, no, I need to,
0: I need to tune in and watch at least that one and the the Roman match. Maybe I can skip out on the last 10 minutes of the Roman match.
2: (laughs) Those, those two aren't bad at all. Yeah, those two are worth your time. And then lastly, you know, we actually, we kind of talked about the retribution stuff and the current wrestling. I'm just going to skip that main event. Randy Orton. (sighs) They did it. We had said, you know, they probably shouldn't at this point. Will they at this point? <laughs> they did it. Randy beat Drew McIntyre for the title. Yeah. Um, it was a solid Hell in a Cell match. You know, I'll give them credit. They went on top of the cage, did a little bit of that. Uh, Drew fell off the side of the cage through the announce table. It was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat the hell out of each other, and it was a pretty, you know, pretty decent match. It was a Randy Orton match though, so it was <laughs> was what it was. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know, because this also feels finite, like final to me. Mm -hmm. This is the third match. Yeah, it's a it's a rarity where you go two and one. But now it's like, sorry, Drew, like you lost the one that mattered the most. probably. And now the
0: feud kind of needs to be over. I'm just curious what they've got, like planned for the Drew character as a non champion, if that's the case, because they've not really defined him other than his, his search for the gold and that rise that we had. We've not really had much more of a definition on this character. So
2: no, yeah, he kind of needs the tag or he kind of needs the title. In my opinion, (laughs) I
0: was going to say, don't, don't propose a tag team run for him. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) He needs Um, to get Cesaro on the phone.
2: (laughs) Right? No, I don't know because, because Randy's also tough to go from, you know, because these two have been in a feud where, I mean, it has been, well, they've been on each other. Like I said, they've done the fighting throughout the show thing, I think yeah. more than once at this point, where they're just fighting for three hours backstage.
0: The question is, where's Edge's injury at? Because that's where right. you go with Orton whenever that's ready. But yeah, I don't necessarily want the next chapter, but it seems like you have to have it if you're going to have either of them come back or continue to be.
2: So. Yeah, the two men that managed to have a boring street fight. <laughs> which I didn't know was possible, but they did it. Um, oh. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, a, you know, I just feel like it's an odd time to have done it. Yeah. Like I feel like if you were going to do it, you should have done it at the beginning of the feud, like have Randy win the first match. And then drew chases, you know, the diabolical Randy Orton mm-hmm. that's, you know, torturing him and tormenting his life. And then drew gets the big win at this yeah. show, maybe in the hell in a cell. But instead, they kind of did it backwards, and now it's like, all right, well, Randy's the champ because Keith Lee and Braun Strowman are kind of in the middle of something, mm. and I don't know that I would want either one of them to be fighting with Randy Orton. You I mean, who fiend. just showed
0: up? Who just? Yeah, so you've got the fiend. I was gonna say, who else like just came over from SmackDown that would be kind of a fresh name to throw into that mix? I a- guess AJ, AJ, AJ Styles. Yeah, but he's a full-on heel at this point. You know? Yeah, you don't want AJ heel versus Randy Orton heel either. Ugh.
2: I don't know. I guess that's why they It'll be interesting the where match, they go right? from
0: here. Yeah. I, I don't know where, where to go f- with either of these two characters though. Right. So, you know, overall a pay-per-view that had
2: its, you know, low moments. I skipped over those. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, emotional storyline, you know, finales with Reigns and Jey Uso and Sasha and Bailey and, uh, even Randy and Drew, you know, I feel like that's it for them. That's got to be right. And now, what the hell do you do with either one of them? So, who knows? More to come. That's why we watch,
0: right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure there was more tonight on Raw that I have not seen yet. Uh, right, that is has taken place to to explain some of that.
2: Exactly. So, oh, and we already have a folder on the network dedicated to the rivalry between the Undertaker and Randy Orton. So.
0: Well, I saw something that Survivor Series is going to be like a tribute it's, it's, to Undertaker.
2: Yeah, it's his yeah, 30th anniversary. But I was like, why do we have a folder dedicated to all of the rivalry between Randy Orton and The Undertaker? Uh,
0: I mean, as of two days ago, speaking of folders on the WWE Network, there wasn't a Halloween Havoc folder. So I know. I don't they understand just put what it the up. fuck they're doing.
2: They just put one <laughs> up three days before the show on Wednesday. Oh, Jesus. Thanks, guys.
0: <sighs> All right, so that's the current world, Tony, but now it's time for the time travel portion of our show. We got to get back 22 years to October of 1998, and I've got one way to get you there. Four.
1: Four. Five. Four. Four. The Four Things Time Capsule.
0: The Four Things are. Number one. On October 1st, like watching the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, we see the earlier movements of one of the planet's worst villains. Vladimir Putin became the permanent member of the Security Council of the Russian Federation. Hmm. Well. So. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, in continuing proof of the Grand Old Party's hypocrisy on October 8th, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to begin the impeachment hearings against President Bill Clinton on charges of lying about his affair with monica Lewinsky,
2: i i have to give wcw credit i mean there's only like two jokes about it on this whole show which (laughs) i feel like if if we were watching the other company vince would have made like 24 references to it i
0: bet if we were listening to whatever feed that mark madden was doing that we saw him over there (laughs) that would have had all of the jokes you're right Number two, on October 29th, just a few days after this event, the Space Shuttle Discovery blasted off on STS-95 with 77-year-old John Glenn aboard, making him the oldest person to go into space.
2: Definitely like a news happening that I have memories of from being a kid. Like, that's something that, I don't know why, but I, I remember that.
0: Oh, I remember, like, the day, like, that he was first orbiting, being like, yeah, he likely just went past us like in space no. as the <laughs> oldest man. And it was just weird. Right. <laughs> Number three, taking a look at the films releasing in American cinemas in the lead up to tonight's event. We start off on October 2nd, Tony, when the grand animated feature film, not a bug's life ants released. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know,
2: Taylor's oldest time, man. The, you know, deep impact. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what was the other one? You know, it, it, Ast- you know, Armageddon, it's just, for whatever reason, someone's like, hey, they're making a movie about animated bugs. Well, shit, we gotta make a movie about animated bugs, too, and try to make mm-hmm. it come out around the same time. Like, you know, asteroids were real big at one point. There's two volcano movies
0: their... that came out at like the exact same time as Right,
2: well. yeah, you got your volcano movies coming out. It's just, it's always weird how things work out like that. Um, yeah.
0: Because I, I feel like when I was ant- a kid, I, I liked it more than The Bug's Life at first. Really? But as I've grown up, uh, the more I watch the Bug's Life it holds up, whereas ants I feel like is kind of that it always feels like it's making too many references to the current culture that it becomes a dated thing.
2: Right. Well that's true too. Yeah, that's the risky run. You try to do that to get the parent laughs, but you know, then thirty years later the jokes aren't as funny.
0: Yeah. Also releasing that same weekend, another movie that I'm sure you have something to say about a night at the Roxbury would make thirty million dollars.
2: <laughs> yeah. A movie that I have probably watched more times than I'd like to admit. Just over and over. Whenever I was, you know, I remember my buddy had this on VHS and we would just like play it on his VCR and then he'd rewind and he'd start over and we might not like <laughs> pay attention to it the whole time, but it yeah. was just playing like throughout the day. Um Yeah. Love. I, <laughs> I love that movie to this day. Still makes it's- me laugh.
0: It's still good stuff. Yeah, for sure. October 9th, the movie that I was determined to enjoy as a comedy as a kid because it was PG so I was allowed to watch it at the time. I was right on that edge of being allowed to finally get the things that were PG-13. Uh holy man with Eddie Murphy would release and uh I wanted it to be so good and it's not good. But I right. watched it a lot on DVD because I had it.
2: <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> yeah, one where is he like the infomercial
0: preacher? I think yeah there's something about Infomercial like he's kind of homeless at one point as well. I think he's uh, it's yeah and it, is he I can't Levy remember it. In that. Um it's uh what's his name from fucking uh he's on uh, Thor and also a part of Jurassic Park and he's got a very specific way of talking and he's got that shirtless sh- he's in the fly and I can't remember the, his name. Jeff Goldblum. Name. Jesus Christ. Sense. Yes, Jeff Goldblum. I believe is yeah. the other man in this movie if I remember ah, correctly. Okay. All right. Uh Also releasing that same weekend, The Mighty. I don't know what that is. It made $6 million. Mm,
2: doesn't ring a bell.
0: October 16th, Beloved would release. It made $22 million. Also, Practical Magic would release. It made $68 million.
2: The movie to this day, that like, you know, the, you're witchy ladies. They all still love to talk about how great practical magic is. Like, I think, is that the Sandra Bullock and like, isn't it Nicole Kidman Ooh, or I witches think, or something? I think
0: you might be right on that. I was curious about, I couldn't remember exactly, but now that you mentioned that name, I think that you yeah. might be right there. Uh, also releasing and mentioned on tonight's show, bride of Chucky, which would have made $50 million.
2: Another absolute 13 year old Tony favorite. Like <laughs> had, had, I think my, I think my VHS might still be in a box somewhere. Uh, loved that movie 13 year old tony also really enjoyed live action jennifer tilly at the beginning
0: of liar the movie. liar kind of started that for me as a kid yeah um <laughs> october 23rd orgasmo would release it would only make nine hundred thousand dollars, but it is a movie that on dvd would do well <laughs> oh oh a my god i can
2: him. remember like being like oh we're gonna go to the video store and rent orgasmo you know like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was some oh. big deal and then there's not really that much to be enjoyed from that standpoint, but when Indeed. you're a teenage boy, you think you're yeah. going.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. It's like, oh, it's a film about shooting porns. Of course, we're going to see all kinds of stuff. It's like, no, right. it's just it's just a comedy. Also, but the the fucking guys- musical numbers in that movie are fan- like oh. the songs are so good.
2: No, that is it's a really good movie, underrated. If those guys had waited just a couple years and put that out when South Park was kind of <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I mean geeking. South Park in '98 was still, I mean, it'd, it'd, it'd be I think a I think, thing, right?
2: I think 97 was the first year, wasn't it?
0: Oh, you might be right. You might be right.
2: So I just, I just always think like, man, that one hit a little early. And if they had just waited until South Park was a little bit bigger, they might have made a bunch of money off that. Although then again, they released Basketball at the peak of, you know, fandom and it, that movie didn't really do that well. So
0: yeah, also releasing that same weekend, Pleasantville, it made $49 million. That's a good one.
2: That is a good one. It's, <laughs> I just recently actually watched it because it was like on one of the movie channels. It's like, I just does caught it, not, it and I was does like, it well, not just, hold
0: up? It's a
2: little bit awkward in the current climate ah. because of kind of the overarching message of that movie. But in that movie, the people that are like being oppressed are just like other white people. Oh, okay. And so it's kind of this weird dynamic <laughs> and where you kind of feel like it's coming from a good place. Yeah. But for some reason, like I, I still liked the movie, but I was like, ah, I could see where some people might some kind of not appreciate this. <laughs>
0: Uh, So I've mentioned all these movies that have made so many uh, amounts of money, but the movie that has made more money than all these films was T-Rex Back to the Cretaceous, a 3D IMAX educational flick that made $103 million. Listen,
2: kids love
0: T-Rex. Oh, I'm sure (laughs) I I probably saw this actually in 1998. We were going to like co-size and such like that.
2: Yeah, and a movie like that too, yeah, you get field trips and it you know, you probably make money off of it all kinds of different ways.
0: And then an Italian film, Life is Beautiful, released, making two hundred and thirty million dollars, by the way.
2: Yeah, as soon as you say that, that I feel like that was an Oscar darling, maybe I think it did or win some like awards and such. Yeah, or people from that movie went on to, you know, be in things. So
0: But yeah, so there you go. That's a look at the movies that are coming out. But number four, taking a look at the one of the other pillars of popular culture, music, at the top of the Billboard Hot One Hundred charts was an artist known as Monica and her tribute yeah. to modesty The First Night.
1: Feeling this way Especially the thought of keeping in on the first date Couldn't let go It stayed on my mind At the end of the night I had to decide I was thinking I should make a move but I won't I should, Boy, I should. thinking something it's is wrong, wrong, wrong. if I knew that it won't be right I don't get
0: There you go. Monica, the first night.
2: Yeah, Oh man, that's a blast from the past. I and mean, it was interesting. I think, didn't Monica and Brandy,
0: I think, maybe recently have yeah. like, a bat, like a battle on Instagram or something? Oh, really? I, did, I thought that you were going to say that they put out a song because I thought I'd seen something about uh, either Brandy like or a, Monica. Like a
2: friendly battle. Like I did not know about this. Something live on something. I don't know. Gotcha. I'm too old to talk about that. <laughs>
0: So that brings us now to October 25th of 1998, when 10,663 fans filed into the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Paradise, Nevada, otherwise known as Las Vegas, the Strip in for a show that is billed as The Night That Good Battles Evil. Halloween Havoc, 1998. Yeah, yeah you pick
2: the sides, I guess. I don't know who's good and who's <laughs> evil, necessarily. Um, yeah. Halloween Havoc, Las Vegas, the unofficial home of Halloween Havoc. Just one of those. WCW is weird with their pay per views, where right? they would just, yeah, I guess make deals with these places. They because this is, I think,
0: the third year in a row. Yeah, Tony Schiavone so. mentions that it's like the third straight year from yep. the MGM Grand, and so I guess you know, I mean, I guess that's kind of cool. And when it's places that I can get to, like Chicago with All In, I'm more mm-hmm. okay with it. But I feel like, like you know, when SummerSlam was known was only in L.A. Like, it's like, motherfucker, like, bring that shit around right. the country. I don't understand any of these times that they're like, every year we have to go here. That's why I kind of don't like that Las Vegas has already been set up for AEW as, like, their double or nothing destination.
2: You're not wrong. That's true. It does, you know, you lose opportunity to get a chance to experience that kind of stuff live that kind of stinks. Um, What did you think of the Open here? I'm a sucker for... Well- especially the Halloween Havoc stuff with the
0: Just just before we get to the open the show sold 310,000 buys it's an increase of 35,000 over the previous show which was Fall Brawl and it was 60,000 more than the upcoming World War 3 so that is where we are as far as pay-per-view buys but not doing bad Well that's
2: well that's almost the worst thing about the debacle that is the end of this show is they did have more eyeballs on them than they'd, than they'd had in a while interest was higher that it had been in recent months. Mm-hmm. And this was a big opportunity for them. And they WCW did.
0: So. <laughs> yes, you were talking about the open. Um, this one I thought was begging for a voiceover. And I, I, feel I like tried to got edited. I tried looking up the original entry. Like usually with a lot of these shows, if you just put like original intro you know you'll get so many videos on youtube i could not find a single video where it was any different than what we see on this show
2: it just you're right it felt like where's the voiceover guy yeah that did all these like halloween havoc like the commercials and stuff because the music
0: stays like it's in the background it's kind of low the whole time and like here's the music that's playing i'm gonna put it just kind of in the background of us because it's not even interesting to listen to
2: no not really (laughs) I like the imagery and stuff, though. Like, I'm a sucker for the Halloween Havoc stuff.
0: That's what I was gonna say. Was that while I thought the audio side of this was completely lacking, the video I thought was fine. It, you know, it Mm -hmm. shows all the different storylines that we're going in here with that matter. It doesn't show half the fucking matches that are on the show, but it shows all the storylines that matter. Um, But I liked, like, you know, like the opening image with like a black and white Hulk Hogan with a colorful purple Ultimate Warrior taking over the screen. I thought that was Mm -hmm. pretty cool, even though this is it's such a bad decision to have have even brought this storyline back 11 years or 8 years after the fact.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't think it, the idea was bad. You know, I don't think that your best case scenario was probably, you know, a bad idea or something okay. to strive for. But and as they've even talked about themselves in Videos, the self destruction of the ultimate warrior, mm-hmm. which is my favorite one to watch. Cause that's where you get the honest opinions of these people talking about <laughs> things like this match where they, Bischoff and Hogan both talk about that night on Nitro where they do the in ring promo with him and he just goes on and on and on. <laughs> and like you can even see them both looking at each other like, Oh my God, what is he? Doing? And like they knew after yeah. that that he was like, they're like, this isn't going to work. Gotcha. And, like it, it didn't cause he was insane. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's just no way around it. Like for everything you want to say about Hogan being uh, a swarmy piece of crap. That's true. But the warrior is just batshit crazy and believes his own hype and Mm. thinks he is the warrior.
0: Where are we years from him changing his name legally to the warrior? Or has that already happened? I think
2: he's done it at this point. Okay, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure at this point he's done it. Goodness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, So, uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, speaking of that, as far as that goes, it, it doesn't go well. But Tony Schiavone will welcome us to the Garden Arena in the MGM Casino. And we have the giant blow-up demon and pumpkin set, which I complimented oh. highly on the episode where oh, we did the 99 man. show. Apparently, this is, I guess, the first year they have it, or was it here yeah. in 97?
2: I, I feel like it was something similar in 97. I love it. Like, this is yeah, this set's one, of awesome. my favorite, one of my favorite things of all time. This, if this is what it looks like on Wednesday... I'm gonna be very happy with NXT. (laughs) Like if they can just give me anything close to this, I'm gonna be very happy.
0: Oh, and there's so I I'm so curious to know how much dry ice they go through on this show because it's just going constantly, constantly just like blowing out of the nose of the demon and like just all over the floor. It's just always there,
2: and it's not free. Like I know this is a million dollar company or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that is still just burning dollars the, (laughs) the whole time it's running.
0: Oh, Bobby Heenan has chosen a T-shirt to go under his jacket that almost matches his skin tone, and it looks like he is Jerry the King Lawler sitting there without a shirt under his jacket.
2: That'd be kind of funny. I wish he would. I wish he would have rocked it.
0: But yeah, it's Tony, uh, Bobby, and none other than the Professor Mike Tenay.
2: That's right. Put some respect on that name. Um, Shivani and Heenan make reference to their time in the WWF as they were both there in 1990. When these two men locked up for the first time. So I thought I liked that. I liked that they were yeah. willing to just let like, you know, who cares? Like we all know about that stuff. It's good mm-hmm. to have that perspective from these two, you know? Oh yeah. That's- I think, I think, I think Shivani called, he thinks, even though he's a Jim, a Jim Crockett guy, I think he says it's like his favorite feud of all time. Like just because. Yeah. He was real he up was, about it. Cause he was there for it. He was cutting the tapes when he, you know, he was also doing the Coliseum <laughs> stuff at that time. So like, yeah, he just, you know, I mean, I mean, he I know he speaks really highly of it. So
0: yeah. And they're, they're really kind of selling the main event here. Heenan says that Hogan is the worst of the worst. He'll do whatever it takes to win. We saw that this past week when he, yeah. you know, right. crucified his son is his Horace Hogan is his own flesh and blood. Listen, I don't know if they're fake or not, but I was, I watched the nitros
2: as Good God, that's those three-hour nitros are dense, man. Um But <laughs> Horace has like twelve staples in his head. Yeah, that I don't know if they're fake or I think because it happens. Were... I saw him, but I don't know if it was you know how severe it really was.
0: Yeah, so. I'm curious about that because like when they show the video, I'm pretty sure we don't see any blood on him at all. Right, even while that's Hulk Hogan's yeah. talking about leaving him in a pool of his blood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, today's talking and Heenan puts a golden mask on suddenly and. I liked it. Like just, just covers up your eyes sort of a mask. The whole arena is chanting weasel, weasel, weasel. Yeah. And there's a Teletubby sign in the background, which is very 1998. Um, and when Tony turns back, Heenan shouts boo and says trick or treat. And I love Shivani just grabs it, pulls it away from his face and snaps it into his face. It's yeah. just, you know, I like their, their back and forth is great here tonight.
2: Yeah. Great moment there for those two. Really, f- I like that moment. Funny stuff, funny stuff. Um, now we get the uh, war and luck DP. Cause this is the pay per view debut. Oh, of the Nitro girls. Cause, you know, their name is Nitro girls. <laughs> so anyways, but here they are. I'm not going to complain completely. Cause again, something I've realized through doing this and as an adult now, Is that the Nitro girls are wrongfully blamed or given any negative press when it comes to this era of WCW. They, they are like the 100th thing on the list of problems with this company. Yes. Like, yeah. It is harmless. It is quick. (laughs) It's always done while Tony Schiavone's plugging something or promoting the main event. True. Like, it is as harmless as anything in this company in this th- era. And I have realized that we have been way too hard on the Nitro Girls.
0: The only thing I was strange, because we know, going into the show, I knew that they were going to go over time, because the show is three right. hours well. and 15 minutes long on the network. <laughs> right. I just kept going, like, why are we doing this three times well. tonight? I get putting them on once, I get putting them on yeah. maybe twice, but right. <laughs> three? Right? I,
2: yeah, okay, well, defending the Nitro Girls on this night, I may, I may not have picked my best spot. <laughs> yes, because you're right, they in fact, yeah, they go over by like Forty minutes on this show, damn near. So, uh, not forty, but thirty. Yeah.
0: Least. But as the girls are dancing, like you said, Tony's plugging stuff. He's talking about top to bottom tonight. We got a great card, tons of great action. He runs down. It's the Steiner brother versus the Steiner brother. Meng versus Wrath. Disco and Hoovy. And I'm like, who cares right. about these other matches that you're mentioning?
2: Yeah, you're, this is not good. Like, stop mentioning things that are coming up because oh, none of it's good.
0: And when you tell me I get to watch Disco versus Juventude Guerrero and the winner will wrestle a second match, I am mm. not excited. That's
2: good, <laughs> you should be. But wait, like I, I had told you when I was watching this, it's a good 10 minutes plus before there's any actual wrestling oh, yeah. on this show that goes 30 minutes heavy. Cause now here's me and Gene with the dog face gremlin, Rick Steiner. Yes. Steiner, because we're going to completely complicate this entire scenario tonight. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is some
0: NWO bullshit. Uh, Steiner comes out with his Beware of Dog painted leather jacket. He's got the awesome. dogs on the fucking shoulder pads. And yeah. Rick says, you know, tonight he's not my brother. He's not my brother. He's just any other person in the ring. I'm just going to fight him like he's any other wrestler. He He's barking and out walks Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Buff, as he's known here in the NWO. And he says that all I know is I had a change of heart. I'm a good guy now. I'm sick of Big Papa Pump. (laughs) Just like, what is happening here?
2: Yeah, that's true. Big Papa Pump, who, by the way, especially after everything that happens tonight, I just watched Big Papa Pump on the night show that I was watching, like pie Face Judy Bagwell and, like, (laughs) attack her as her son, like, stands by and does nothing to help her.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Then he eventually does, but anyway.
0: Yeah, he says he became a good guy. The NWO usually doesn't cheat. You know, he, they're usually not going to not cheat. So he's like, you're going to need a second man in your corner. So bro, I'm going to be here to be in your corner. And dude, Rick Steiner just plays the idiot baby face completely.
1: Well, you're, you're telling me you're done with the NWO. You want to come watch my match? Watch my back. My brother tries anything, you're going to be there. If you got to get up in his face, smack the heck out of him, punch him, kick him, do whatever he got to do. You're going to do that for me.
0: I'm going to do it for you. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and that's all it takes. He shakes his hand. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, Gene. He's going to be my <laughs> tag partner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs>
2: yeah, Rick Steiner is like sting level gullible here Dude. when it comes <laughs> like the four horsemen and sting oh
0: this reminded me so much of that episode that we watched with with the betrayal of rick flair and sting in that tag mm-hmm. match where it was just like all this over shit just to even put him in the match like he just came out and said you know that the stu- the nwo is gonna cheat so let me help you and that's all it yeah. took I don't know. Also yep. don't know why we're giving Rick Steiner ring mic time at all. He doesn't and, talk. And, and they don't even, cause I mean, it, it would be kind
2: of in bad taste to probably make this an angle, but buff Bagwell, like they'll mention this is tonight is his first match back. His first match back from his neck being broken by oh, Rick Steiner. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That's that whole one on thunder when he does the bulldog, yeah. which he continues to do after this happened. <laughs> so as he was coming down, like he, Buff's head kind of slips out of his arms mm-hmm. and he kind of comes down and his forehead. I don't know he just oh shit he, like legitimately like you know hurt his neck really bad, so it's also just weird that we're coming back from that. this is his first match, and he's tagging with Rick Steiner, and that
0: Rick Steiner wouldn't believe him then like at all right like right, Jesus, see, so. <sighs> so, yeah, but that but anyway,
2: us- now it's time for the first hour of this show that they should have just cut off completely, yep, like. When you watch this show, especially when you know how long it goes, the first match on this show, you maybe could have put this TV title match on here, but you really could have started with Billy Kidman's Cruiserweight title match.
0: Yeah. yep.
2: As the beginning of this card. Mm-hmm. Because as heavy as this thing runs, none of this makes any sense.
0: <laughs> they have no. like
2: seven WCW Saturday night matches.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, this first match is announced as a special bonus match. Yeah. It wasn't announced and all, previously. Yeah. And this isn't the last of their added special <laughs> bonus matches that they then
2: have no time for the main event <sighs> at the end of this
0: Match number one, it's Raven. What about me? What about Raven battling Chris Jericho, who's, I guess, a baby face at this point? It's weird. Yeah, be- only because people like him so much. Yeah. Because at this um, point, he's calling out Goldberg and shit, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. when I think the tide kind of starts to turn, um with the crowd at least. But here's the craziest part about this. The WWE Network, in their fucking infinite need to fix and change history throughout the world to protect oh, oh, their God. fucking rights, has edited Chris Jericho's Break the Walls Down into the WCW shows. I had completely forgotten about this, and when this happened, I was just flabbergasted. Well, and that's their Raven music too. Yeah. Yeah, that is. They, you're right.
2: They dubbed their Raven music into this fucking thing. I don't, and what's weird is I'm like, okay, so is it, you know, like they don't want to deal with or pay for in all of this music? No, because throughout the night, other people have their mm-hmm. actual WCW theme songs. Cause but it's just weird. They, cause Ray Mysterio, they do it too. It's just. Yeah. I don't, it's, they're selective, I guess.
0: It's weird. I don't like it. I wish they would stop it, but they're, they're not going to. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the crazy thing, because like you said, we've got a show where we're going to run out of time and we're going to start this one with some mic time. Like we're going to have some, some, we're going to talk on the microphone. So Jericho gets in the ring. Raven has a microphone. He says he's been on a losing streak. He thought, "What about me? What about Raven? he says, "I don't feel like wrestling tonight. I don't care that this is the title shot. I wasn't told beforehand, so I'm not gonna <laughs> he just he just gets yeah. good get, just leaves so
2: yeah. well, and good well, and I had mentioned you know at the beginning of the show how over the course of this I'd mentioned how much things would change for many people you know in this company, and Raven is somebody that this is pretty much the end of the Raven storyline oh, okay. you know, as, it's, as its original incarnation in the company. He's recently lost to Saturn and Phlox broken up. He's been on this losing streak. Um, this match was a special added bonus. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't be seen in WCW again until 1999 and uh that's when they would introduce his vignettes from his uh, wealthy home Uh but then not long after that he would be the only person who would take up Eric Bischoff on an offer ba- during a backstage meeting, where he said, "If there's anybody that's not happy being here, then <laughs> yeah. they can leave," and Raven left. That's and he went back, went back to ECW.
0: That has always been one of those stories that I always liked about Raven. <laughs> when, I that, yeah. when I heard that tale, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah,
2: so this is you know so Raven. This is the end of Raven. You know the flock storyline ran its course. He kind of never got much of a push after that, and then. He'd come back for a brief run of 99 and then leave. So this is kind of the end for him.
0: I mean, it feels like it. It, it definitely mm-hmm. feels like it here. Jericho grabs a microphone as he's leaving and says, you know, I really don't mind not wrestling tonight. I wasn't originally planning on wrestling either, and I think that's okay. But because he's a babyface, he cares about what the fans think. Right. All the Jericho-holics in Las Vegas came here tonight to see me wrestle
1: because Chris Jericho equals buy rates, Chris Jericho equals rear ends in the seats, and Chris Jericho equals rock and roll. And also, I'm a little bit disappointed because I really wanted to wrestle against such an icon like Raven. I mean, what a talented individual. Leader of the flock the biggest gang of morons and idiots in professional wrestling. Oh, my.
0: <laughs> so, I love that he Jericho has gotten the exact same reaction his entire life when he's gone on this rant and then thrown in rock and roll. Everyone goes, wait, what? <laughs> to hear Tony Schiavone live on every like, rock and roll? <laughs> yeah. It's...
2: oh No, I mean, Jericho... I always felt like Jericho was the guy that the announcers were trying to even help to some degree by yeah. putting over like his jokes and like mm. his kind of the things that, you know, what he was trying to get across. So yeah. Um,
0: no, I just, yeah, I no, like the meta narrative though of Chris Jericho, always thinking himself a rock star and wanting to be one and trying to will it into existence by just saying it in in his books oh, absolutely. in his promos.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. But yes. And, 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 you know, the thing that's, you know, Jericho as well at this point has kind of been beaten down and would be kind of the end of his That's the thing best is, of times.
0: Yeah, that's when you said that it was, you know, kind of the end times for Raven. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it almost like I know that Jericho doesn't show up in WWE until late 99, but this feels like yeah. it should be the end for him as well.
2: Well, because if you want to know, so you know what Jericho is just coming off of a month earlier at Fall Brawl?
0: What's that? His
2: whole, his whole Goldberg thing his manufactured Goldberg yeah. feud with the fake one and all this stuff. And like, I was just watching the nitro where they have like the blow off match when Goldberg brings like the, drags the fake Goldberg <laughs> to the rings stuff. you know, and then Jericho's not even on this pay-per-view, you know, like he did yeah. all that to stir up that Goldberg f- angle and to do that feud. And then of course, you know, classically you have Hulk Hogan who
0: that's uh, right. I cool. forgot it, but we've, we've, I think we've reviewed that show on here. Mm-hmm. Because I was wanting that match and it doesn't happen.
2: (laughs) Yep. They wouldn't even book him in a squash match against Goldberg on pay per view.
0: That's wild. So the, so Jericho's talking all this shit. He calls, you know, the flock a bunch of idiots and Raven doesn't give a shit, but then he calls Raven a loser and that puts Raven over the edge. He runs into the ring. gets stomped on jericho tries an early cocky pin where he you know flexes at the camera gets a one count and tony is like he never even gets close on that but he always <laughs> tries it
2: well you know if he never did get it to work though it'd be really impressive that is true uh raven takes jericho over the top rope with a clothesline and both men tumble to the outside uh raven drops jericho chest first across the steel steps He then runs up the steps and delivers a drop kick to Jericho. Raven would then pose inside the ring. In comes Jericho, though, who would hit Raven with a stun gun across the top rope. Chris then hits the leaping drop kick that sends Raven off the apron. Jericho jumps off the apron, but Raven moves, causing Chris to crash into the guardrail hard. That was an (laughs) ugly one.
0: Yeah, his face just like hits the the bottom crossbar just like directly. It is brutal looking.
2: Yeah, not good. Uh, Raven would then slam Jericho face-first into the steps, and uh, Jericho, though, would counter things, sending Raven into the guardrail. Uh, Back inside the ring, Raven rakes the eyes and chokes Chris with his flannel shirt Mm -hmm. and then caught Jericho in a sleeper hold.
0: Yeah. Jericho doesn't stay in the sleeper hold very long, though. He gets free pretty quickly. Raven, though, counters whatever Jericho's trying with a powerbomb. It's a catapult on Jericho into the exposed turnbuckle, and we get a belly-to-belly for just a two-count shortly later. Jericho locks on the walls of Jericho, but at the time being called the Lion Tamer, but it's clearly just the regular walls of Jericho, but I know he changed all that stuff a couple times, but then Raven's able to get to the ropes.
2: Yeah, Raven gets the rope break. Jericho is very upset, throws a fit to the referee. (laughs) Raven hits the even-flow DDT out of nowhere, but Jericho kicks out at two. Raven then escapes a roll-up attempt, but Jericho is able to deliver a low blow, followed by a German suplex, and gets another two-count. And then Canyon appears on the apron out of nowhere, and Jericho is pushed into him. And this... or Raven's pushed into him, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, Raven's pushed into him. And uh, Jericho then counters an even-flow attempt, and locks on the lion tamer, and Raven taps out instantly. Yeah. After fighting for a rope break earlier, I was just like, okay, that well, was odd.
0: There's this weird thing that like Tony is talking about when they first go into the Lion Tamer, that he's like, "Oh man, he's like the last like three times he's lost, he's just quit as soon as someone's put a, a submission hold on him." So, and then they're like, "Oh man, he fought to the rope, so he cares about this match." And like you said, minutes later, he gets put in it and he just taps out and the match is over. So, it just it just feels like a strange ending.
2: Yeah, it was a little bit odd. and cuz the Canyon stuff it's just typical WCW. Like, it
0: was unnecessary. Completely unnecessary and forgettable. Like, like until I got to that part in my notes, I'd completely forgotten Canyon gotten involved in this. Cause he doesn't do anything afterwards
2: either. Like, <laughs> no. that's all you see of him. Like, that's it.
0: Oh, so they get the, you know, the replays and then the NWO music hits. The announcers uh. say, this isn't on our lineup of events.
2: Uh, it never was.
0: And Tony says that never stopped him before and out comes Eric Bischoff. He's got his Cody Rhodes TV host hair and Hulk Hogan's with him. And Hogan here is going to cut three promos. He cuts a promo yep. to the camera before he gets the microphone. He cuts a 3-minute promo on the microphone and then he cuts another promo afterwards to the camera as the announcers are talking again. It is amazing how much talking this man gets. Um but he tells us through the camera here that I beat everybody up in wrestling simply because I love this man so much. And he points at Eric Bischoff,
2: <laughs> whatever that means. <clears throat> um, yeah. Eric tells us what he admires about Hollywood. Hulk Hogan says that he represents the millennium when it comes to family values.
0: But he's like laughing laughs. as he says, right? It. Yeah. and then laughs
2: because because he doesn't he's dirty. Yeah, he doesn't like family
0: values. Ugh.
2: Nah. Ugh.
0: <laughs> uh, nah, <laughs> uh, like right when the family values tour was, were happening, I'm sure as well.
2: Right. Hogan says, I could give the Gettysburg address, but the black and white NWO fans love me.
0: Dude, he starts off telling us how he's not going to be long-winded and then cuts yep. a three-minute promo. And like you yeah. said, starts off about how all the fans love him. It's a very, I just have here, Hogan cuts a Trump promo to start off. <laughs>
3: But the simple facts are, all the black and white Hollywood NW whites, they love me, brother. Vegas, the rest of the world, when Hollywood hits the ground in his
2: rear jet, they worship the ground I walk on. Yeah, you're right, that does sound odd. Um, he then seems to start explaining what, a crucifying? He's explaining a crucifying? Uh, yeah, yeah. And for those of you people out there last week that
3: didn't know where Hollywood was coming from, I took my blood. I took my whole family. And I took something that I love like life itself. And simply because he didn't sacrifice, simply because he wasn't ready to be an N.W.O.ite, I
0: crucified him in front of the whole wrestling world. Like... He he doesn't finish, like, five sentences in that part of the promo. Because <laughs> it's like, it's
2: also, they talk a lot about this Horace Hogan thing, mm-hmm. but they never, no one really explains it very well. Like, if you didn't see it, yeah. they all talk around it, kind of, and without a great description of it. Even Hogan here, you're like, wait, what did you do? What happened? And so,
0: what exactly is an NWO white? Are they the fans or are they the fellow members of the Black and White? Because he keeps like changing what it is as he's discussing this.
2: His seems his seems to be seems to be cult like, like the NWO Black and White thing. Yeah. The way he describes it, anyway, you know, like the yep. the people that are, the, that are a part of it. So. Yeah, um, he,
0: he left Horace in a pool of his own blood and carnage. And, uh, and then we start watching the replay as he's talking about this, which shows that that is a complete lie. He's just, he's right. been beaten down, but he's not bleeding at all. <laughs> it's, it's what
2: it looks like to me. <laughs> um,
0: he's oh. going to tell
2: the warrior, he, he tells the warrior he's going to know exactly what he's all about.
0: Dude, this is so vague. I don't, under, like, I'm going to wipe that paint off
3: your face, I'm going to leave you laying, because when you mess with Hollywood, when you question the power Hollywood possesses, and when you cross that line, warrior, from darkness into my world of cutting edge, of visionaries, brother, you're going to get beat up real, real bad, and that's going to be for life, brother.
0: You're on pay per view. You can say you're going to get your ass kicked. You, when you go like through all of that about like blood and I'm going to do all this. I'm going to leave you laying and then you're going to get beat up real, real bad. You sound like such a fucking loser.
1: It's
2: so weird. Yeah. Wow. It, it's, he tries to have like the edge to him, but he still wants to cut like the vitamins. Yes. Say your prayers promos. It's very odd. It's one of those things where if you watch Nash in interviews talks about, how they tried yeah. to get Hogan to break this, like to stop <laughs> this cadence, you know, the classic like 80s mm-hmm. Hogan, but he just, he just never could really get away from it. You know, oh, like, no. Um,
0: when you cross out of the dark world into the right, world of cutting edge and of visionaries, I was visionaries. like, what are you talking about?
2: Yeah. Also, yeah, you are what? Um, This is also, I texted you, this is the classic, we're selling a pay-per-view on pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? This is the pre-match promos are one thing. I know we see a lot of those on the old pay-per-views, and I'm a fan of that. I, yeah. I don't mind that so much. But when you're coming out here and you're just cutting a promo like this is Nitro, <laughs> the match is tonight. Yeah. you're you know this should have been
0: this should have been your you know going into the start of the third hour spot of nitro this week (laughs) and instead (laughs) apparent i mean they probably did it as well right they did it there too yeah then after hulk is done talking on the microphone he then talks to the camera again for a third promo as he explains like he's talking about the stitches in horace hogan's head or the announcer trying to talk about that as he's talking about something else it's just very ridiculous Oh
2: man. And as if that wasn't ridiculous enough, it's time for match number two. Yeah. On pay per view. I can tell you now there's no build to this match, by the way. <laughs> um, it's Ming versus Wrath. Yep. Other than them being in the, in the middle of a little bit of a Wrath push, this match has no background. <laughs> it just happens.
0: I was confused like, about that.
2: Like, Wrath's been winning matches on TV. That's about it. Um, yeah. Master of the Meltdown himself, the former Adam Bomb.
0: Wrath here. And the soon to be uh, Brian Wilson. Yes. Or Adams. Clark. Clark! Clark. Clark. <laughs> Damn.
2: And chronic.
0: Yeah. Yes, from Chronic. Uh. He, he was also the Night
2: Stalker, was his name oh, at boy.
0: one point. Oh boy. Goodness. So. So during Ming's entry, uh, did you notice that was, we go, they do a crowd shot where they just like walk down the aisle and we see Mm -hmm. fan after fan. These fans are all in NWO shirts. Oh, yeah. Every shirt is a different NWO shirt, by the way, which just blew me away.
2: One thing that is makes watching the Nitros before this show somewhat worth it is this is around the time of the Nitro watch party. Oh, those winners. Where you get the same, where we get to watch like this, the submitted VHS tape of these people in their mm-hmm. nitro parties, which are a lot of fun. And yeah, dude, every one of them is just a big group of idiot frat boys <laughs> in NW, in NWO shirts, like, Bleh! you know, like yeah. NWO, like it's just, uh, it's, that's all anybody gave a crap about, you know, like it was,
0: it's no, you're not wrong. And here, we get the, the classic shirt, and then there's a Wolfpack shirt, and then there's a right. cubs world order, which is likely a bootleg. And then we get the NWO video game t-shirt. I was like, Jesus Christ, how many of these shirts do they have?
2: Well, yeah, and then, yeah, the Wolf Pack only made things worse. Because then it was like, oh, now there's even a cool NWO. So like, if you weren't really into <laughs> Hogan's NWO, yeah. now there's a cool one that you can watch. You know,
0: you can mm-hmm. be a part of. Mike Tanay says that he and Bobby were at the World Series. And this is just like that environment. <laughs> okay. I
2: mean, you know, I suppose at, at moments. Um, Ming would attack Wrath on the apron before the bell so not taking any crap in this one Wrath um, though would pull Ming underneath the ropes by his little feet and uh, send him into the steel did steps by and his little the feet. Rail. what's that?
0: did you say by his little
2: feet? <laughs> I might have, I don't know Wrath <laughs> um, then hits a freaking flip off the apron onto Ming Yeah. as we're just going all out here uh back inside the ring, Ming uh slams oh man, I got I put Ming twice, so it's hard to say which well, who did what.
0: No, because Wrath tries to slam Ming's head on the turnbuckle and then Ming goes, I Uh-oh. like that, and slams his own head on the turnbuckle like fifteen times. And-
2: <laughs> right. It's like I guess you've never watched a Ming match Wrath. Yeah. Like it's what he does, but anyway.
0: But yeah, Ming not really selling a whole lot um from Wrath here early on, uh but Wrath's able to hit that diving Lariat off of Brett's rope. A leaping shoulder block that knocks Ming down again. And today wonders if Wrath has the ability to put Meng in the meltdown. And I'm like, what's the meltdown?
2: Oof, you'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meng hits a charging lariat in the corner. And then an inverted atomic drop as the fans begin a big boring chant. Um, Sunset Flip Dang. gets blocked by Ming. But Wrath grabs him, hits a slam, and then looks for the meltdown. He lifts and hits it. And Penzim one two three, your winner is Wrath. I didn't type out what it is and I can't remember. So could you tell me what the meltdown is, Tony?
2: It is way too dumb of a move to do to somebody the size of Ming, and I can't <laughs> believe he didn't like it's a pump handle That's uh, right, yeah. Pump handle like uh Bulldog Oklahoma slam kind of thing, like up onto the shoulder and then down on yeah, the map. Like, that's right. All in one very fast fluid motion. Like I was kind of amazed that he pulled it off here.
0: Well, yeah. Then the Wrath's running with the devil. ripoff music plays, and a staple
2: of WCW. Another reason why I'm mad that like they didn't have Raven and Jericho because <laughs> they both have great rip off music. Jericho, I believe, has the uh, uh, Even Flow Pearl Jam ripoff. Okay, and then and then Raven, I think, has the uh, Oh, I can't remember his. It might be like Raven,
0: Raven whose whose finisher is named the Even Flow, doesn't have <laughs> <Right. the> Even <Evenflows>. on <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, no, we're giving that to Chris Jericho. Uh, DDP, of course, says the Smells Like Teen Spirit ripoff.
0: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but we see Kidman
2: is backstage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Billy Kidman. Don't call me Billy. I'm Kidman. And, right. uh, yeah, he's being interviewed by...
1: <laughs> Great, <laughs> yeah, Lee Marshall. I, I, I
0: just having my notes. Tony the Tiger. I forgot his name. Lee Marshall. Yeah. Goodness.
2: The voice of WOW Women of Wrestling, DP. Come on. Oh,
0: yeah. And uh, they talk about potential weight limit violations for Disco Inferno, being that he's in the cruiserweight battle. And, yeah, when you see him come out here, it's ridiculous that he's a cruiserweight.
2: Of all the things on this show that don't have much of a background, like this disco thing's been going on the whole month. Yeah. With the weight class stuff, and he's overweight, and blah, blah, blah. So you would think he would just fight Kidman on this show. But for some reason, they throw him this Hooventude match. I watched him beat Hooventude the night after (laughs) Fall Brawl. And it's like, so why they have to fight again? I don't know.
0: I just have in my notes. I feel like no matter what time we tune in, in the last four years of WCW, Disco is involved in some storyline with something involving Juventud Guerrero. <laughs> Whether it's yeah. the filthy animals or, you know, this, it's, it's always, yeah. there's, these two are attached at the hip. Um, Hoovy already calling himself the juice at this point <sighs> into the camera.
2: Man, I'm going to make us review one of those episodes of, of Thunder where he does the color commentary for the whole show and you just want to rip your ears out
0: and i just have how is disco in this position like i get the storyline but this is ridiculous um disco's in control early on he's got a side slam for an early two count hooventude mocks him and hits a beautiful head scissors takedown
2: you never called the match sir
0: Oh, apologies. This is match three, special one fall, disco inferno versus Juventud Guerrero for the right to fight kid man in a match later. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. So as I said, there's this great head scissors takedown. And just as I'm writing that compliment, they fuck up a move very badly where Hoovy fails at a Fey Master and then they get right back up and do it again. Yep.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, Before that, there was a funny moment where Tony accuses the Brain of being mean-spirited and running people down. And Brain says, he hasn't driven since he's gotten to Vegas. He doesn't know what he's talking about.
0: Nice.
2: Um, Yeah, yeah, they botched their little spot there. Hoovy hits the Famouser the second time, because, you know, these guys are real professionals that instead (laughs) of just moving on, they do it again. Um, Mm -hmm. Disco then catches Hoovy with a back elbow, and Shivani and his mask biasness that I'm conrad so always had this. to call him out for and he finally admitted his ways just like says he thinks who a better wrestler since he lost the mask
0: yeah no he says he became a much better wrestler yeah, as soon a as he much took off better the wrestler
2: <laughs> like man that's shivani luchador hate man back in this time like yep. I'm, I'm glad he's been he's seen the error of his ways but he, he was just so mean about it
0: Oh, Head Scissors sends both men to the floor and in ring right after that, we get an inverted atomic drop, a big clothesline from Disco. He poses and Heenan gets on him for not going for a cover. Uh, we get the second rope, dancing, diving knee strike and a pin attempt that all three announcers say sucked. They're just like, that was a terrible pin attempt. Um, Heenan says Disco needs a year off and a manager to walk him through all of his matches and show him what he did wrong and then to help him when they start wrestling again. Yeah, it's
2: like okay. Are you volunteering?
0: Yeah, I was like, that seems like a good. uh, There you go. Put Heenan with Hoovy, so Hoovy doesn't have to talk anymore.
2: Yeah, exactly. You lost me in the match. So
0: Hoovy hits an apron stunner on Disco. Tries for a springboard attack, but Disco ducks to the floor, and the floor camera guy is just really going wild tonight. I don't know if you noticed this. I almost mentioned it through the first three matches or first two matches already. Uh, but earlier when Raven went to the floor, the camera ran over to him and spun around. So that way we were seeing Raven from like, like we were, he was looking straight up at us. It's mm-hmm. this weird thing where they do it to try to give you the effect of getting like their, you know, point of view sort of a thing. Um, but it happens here where, um, and then, sorry, in Wrath versus Meng, when they were crawling back to the ring, the camera was like struggling to get back with them. It would go a few steps and fall down to the, the mat and then it'd go a few steps and fall down to the mat. Right. And it's just these little things that they're just doing, like, once per match. Here, Hoovy gets cross-bodied on disco, and the camera suddenly goes from the shoulder height at the moment of impact down to the floor with the wrestlers. And then, like, later on, it'll spin around upside down when a guy's in the tree of Woe. Huh. Did you oh, notice yeah. this coming from the, the yeah. guy that's near the entryway?
2: hmm I did notice that. Yeah, I, I don't just- know... Not something that I'm sure they did all the time, or like how often this person worked. But I'm yeah, I curious
0: did. of if this was like a specific thing that they were trying to put over. Because like Tony mentions it late in the show, he's like, "We had some really yeah. good camera work tonight," and I thought that this all these shots worked really well.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I liked it quite a bit. Um, Disco has his back turned, and Hoovy hits a dive on the other side of the ring. Disco's then rolled inside. Hoovy hits a huracan on signals for the Hoovy driver. Disco though counters and drops Hoovy into across the top rope and delivers a spinning neck breaker, and both men are now down. Disco eventually would roll over and get a two-count, uh, pick up by the hair from Disco, and he blocks a Sunset Flip with a punch, and then Disco does the Macarena. Yep. Because that was 1998,
0: folks. I was say, we're in the uh, 90s. It's, it's acceptable at this point.
2: Yeah. Hoovy rolls him up for a two-count. Uh, Disco, though, still has the legs of Hoovy and does the giant swing, Cesaro-style. Not really that many times, though. Yeah. Um, Disco was then dizzy after letting go of Whovie and fell headfirst between the legs of (sighs) and Guerrero.
0: Disco's, like, I'm dizzy acting was really subpar, man. Like, I I like a lot of things about Disco, but that was shit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was. certainly was.
0: Uh, Back and forth kind of continues here. Disco suddenly hits a leaping pile driver on Whovie and pins him one, two, three. I thought this ending was ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I don't. It just kinda of felt like it was out of nowhere. Yeah. Like there was just no rhyme or reason for it. it was just like, oh, we gotta go home, boys. Okay. Kick to the stomach, pile driver, it's over.
0: And Bobby Heen and I love his his great insight during the replays. He's like, you know, we talked about it. He fooled around a lot. He did a lot of things I thought would cost him the match, but he won. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, WCW booking in a nutshell, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Somehow, some way. Um the Nitro Girls are back and we get to hear from Tony that Conan's going to debut his new his new music video tonight. DP, yeah. Are we going to get to
0: see Conan's new music video tonight? Did they cut that out of the show? Oh yeah. Ah, right. uh, I was so I thought for sure that they just forgot about it on the show and never showed it to us. But
2: I'm, all right, well, listen, that's possible. But I'm guessing no because they talk about it later because oh, Bobby they... even talks about how the cars in that video needed shocks. And I Tony... was so
0: curious what that was even about. I was I was yeah. lost at that point because.
2: I think I must have been watching that YouTube stuff because when I saw all this around the time it debuted on like Thunder, I think, after this when they show it because it's the classic, the, you know, bow, wow wow, oh, yabby yeah, yabby yeah. yay. Yeah. It's the classic video, you know, and all
0: that kind of stuff. That, Oil of Olay, all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, they must just not want to pay for it here because wow. you know what else you don't get on this Halloween Havoc? Chucky. Chucky's on this show? Fuck. In weeks? the weeks leading up cuz even during the Rick Steiner promo earlier you get the chucky laugh remember wow. like I, I don't know what that is. is cuz on the weeks leading up to the show on nitro at random times you would just start hearing the chucky laugh ring out through the <laughs> arena and then like he oh. um he ends up like talking to Rick Steiner
0: okay yeah
2: like it, and like he's involved in the Rick Steiner stuff and then on this night they just don't show it because it was it was a clip on Nitro, and I mean, if you if you look it up, you can find it if you look it up on the network. Okay. Of Chucky talking to Rick Steiner.
0: Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you've probably seen it before. Yeah. It's just it's, it's like ridiculous. They do,
2: and it's this. So you did. It's just the so strange. There was also I was watching WWE Saturday Night on the on the network. And Sylvester Stallone does an interview with Eric Bischoff. Mm-hmm. They just cut it out of the episode. I'm like, see, I don't like, understand the things that they cut out of these. You know, the kiss performance on Nitro's yeah. cut
0: out of that. Like, like, see that, the, the, like the kiss performance. I don't understand either. Like the this music video, I could kind of get. Like, maybe it's like a rights thing with other music. Like they right. would have where Conan yeah. probably wants money if they want to put it on there, but. The fact that like it's just cut completely out of the show, and there's nothing that like explains what happened. Like, put a little like graphic up that just says, "At this point, we cut this out, sorry." And then that at least gives you uh, some idea of what they're talking about when we come back.
2: It it seems it seems like they're strongly against like the promotion of anything. But
0: the interviews, I don't understand that. Like, why would you cut cut Chucky out? Why would you cut? I was like, oh, I'm kind of looking
2: forward to this because it was when Jesse Ventura was still on WCW Saturday Night. And him and Shivani have been plugging it and like, you know, oh yeah, Shivani, we're filming Demolition Man and yeah. Slice, and like and then like they come back from a commercial break on that, and Shivani's like, Oh wow, do you see Sylvester so Stallone wearing that WCW hat? And I'm like, Wait, wait a <laughs> second, you guys just cut that interview off of, out of here? Uh. So yeah, I don't I don't know what the rhyme or reason is behind all that stuff, but it pisses me off when that when those fun moments like that are just completely gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if the, the, you know, WWF cut out their Pacific Blue tie-ins? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, yeah. Uh, instead, after this music, when they promised the music video, we then go back, you know, the Nitro Girls. Or I guess that's what's uh, happening as they're promising this music video here. But the Nitro uh, Girls are going, and this time, uh, three of them are wearing, like, uh, just lingerie. In like button-up shirts, and they're gonna like stretch their legs out in spread eagle position, and that's what these guys are reacting to when they're talking here. Eat
1: your heart out, Dale Evans. eat your heart out, Dale Evans. And isn't it great to see the way that the city of Las Vegas has become one of the true wrestling capitals of the world? Tony, get back in your chair, please. What were you saying, Mike? Yeah, I wasn't yeah, right. Just talking about how Las Vegas and World Championship. Uh, forget it. What we talking about? I hey, both of you, shut up. I forget. Yeah. Ooh. All right, let's get my hand on that one. Maybe they can warn us next time. No, I don't want them to warn us. I like that. Pass me that cold towel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's funny about that dance, too, is that my notes here, I have three girls dance and three girls just stood there.
0: Yeah, they like, take they, turns.
2: Like, yeah, the other girls in the ring just stand there.
0: They, the other girls that are in the ring that that aren't in the lingerie, they they're dancing when we first start, and like you don't ah. really, and then like they like switch places with the other three, and then like you said, they just kind of stand behind them and hold their hats. It's weird. Yeah.
2: yeah, the future Mrs. Shawn Michaels is amongst that group there too. Whisper.
0: Ah, nice. So yeah, then the NWO music hits as you heard there at the end, and here comes Ugh. Big Papa Pump, and of course he's got wow. a microphone. Why? And Tony says, oh, look, he has a microphone, which means he's going to lie to us. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, But, yeah, Scott says this. You know, I'm standing here in Las Vegas, Nevada,
1: in the town that never sleeps. But, you see, I've been going for 30 days and 30 nights with a freak on my left, a freak on my right, and one in a box. So being in Las Vegas is a night off for me. So I'm just here to tell you, Big Papa Pump is in town and he's ready to pound. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite rhyme in the world.
2: Oh God! <laughs> like it just, I'm forever amazed when we go back and just listen to the shit that Scott Steiner said. Man. <laughs> like blows my mind.
0: So he's been up for three days and thirty nights.
2: I don't know how you do that, but way to go. With
0: a freak on his left, a freak on his right. One's in a box. Is that a dead woman or is that his like saying like on deck?
2: It's probably best not to ask. But, yeah, <laughs> it, can't, it can't be good.
0: Oh, Jesus. So yeah, he's in town. He's ready to pound and he says his, you know, big papa pumps your hookup sort of thing. The fans get up for that part. He then yeah. starts talking about Marcus Bagwell being a sniveling, crying mama's boy and I beat up Rick my whole life and I beat up your mom, or I beat up you in front of your mom and <laughs> Bagwell,
1: come out here and say he wants to be at behind my brother's back someone I beat up my whole life Now, Marcus I knocked you down in Chicago in front of your mother wow. and I beat my brother up all my life so you guys are a bunch of losers
0: <laughs> Yeah, you heard all that evidence I just gave you. That's why you're losers.
2: Man, he's so intelligent. Oh. Uh,
0: yeah, so then here's where it gets weird. He then just says, "So if you've got, you know, you got Buff in your corner, how about we make this interesting?" Cuz you know, brother versus brother wasn't interesting at all, but I would uh. learn throughout the match that Steiner's been avoiding his brother here. He doesn't yeah. want the one-on-one match. So at least it kind of makes sense there, but uh he wants to make this a tag match. He proposes that his tag team partner be the giant while Rick's his Bagwell, and to make it even more interesting because we're the NWO and we do what we want. This match is going to be for the world tag titles. And in my mat, my notes, I'm like, do they have the world tag titles? Who's the champions? I'm so confused. <laughs> all of this is so unnecessary. Like
2: you said, I don't know. Again, we're adding matches. We're wasting time. Yep. I, who, who's producing this damn show? But yeah, on top of all that, you already had a match. You don't want to have with your brother. So, you want to have this tag team match to, I guess, try to keep away from your brother to some degree. Yeah. But you also know that, like, if he wins, you still have to fight him. Yeah. I mean, I guess he, like, having the buff Bagwell swerve, mm-hmm. he figures he has it in the bag. But yeah, all this is just so unnecessary.
0: Oh, and to add more time to this whole thing, JJ J. Dillon comes out while they're mid sentence and goes, I really just hear what you just said. And then tries to like play up the whole like I'm the babyface gonna get a gotcha on the bad guy thing where he's like, now if you lose it, you lose the world titles, and then you have to face yeah. Rick one on one for 15 minutes. And he's like, like, all right, well I guess that's official then. Yeah, and then Scott Steiner again, and that like, what is the point
2: of all of this? Just like, well, yeah, why wouldn't we put up the titles? Like, because <laughs> you're the bad guys, you're the NWO, <laughs> and like you never do that kind of stuff. I don't know.
0: Oh, and then like after this is all done, Tony Schiavone is just like as. I guess, as we always say, you never know what to expect in WCW. And I'm just like, yeah, I just feel like this was one of the shows that they started and they were like, we don't even have an outline yet <laughs> as they were going into the show.
2: Oh boy. So, but anyway, it's not time for any of that. No, we just talked about it for no reason. It's match four. It's fit. Finley. He loves to fight versus Das Wunderkind
0: Alex, Wright. This match has no right being on this show.
2: Right. Um, uh. So I'll give you a little bit of a story on this one at least. These men fought like three weeks before the pay per view. Alex Wright cut a promo about it, talked about how Fit Finley ended his father's career, blah, 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 blah. But then mm. they had a match and then they moved on. <laughs> and now we're having this match again here like it didn't already happen once. Like uh. there's no other build for it after they had their initial matchup.
0: Goodness. But whatever. Uh, so early before I don't know if this happened during the entrance or if it's just before the match gets underway but this this little interaction where I feel like at first I was like "Oh, that's sweet I like that they're happy about it. but I'm listening back Tony Schiavone doesn't seem like he's being 100% sincere here you need to leave
1: Mike alone great. I like today yeah we all do no one adds to our broadcast like a Mike today here we go. Kay. Wow, where do I make out the check? Don't <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think he was being pretty sincere there. I'll tell you what, that you go back, and especially when you're watching night, like when I'm watching these nitros, funny mm-hmm. is a bit like snippy with the brain. Oh, okay. Like, to the point sometimes where it does feel a little bit like unnecessary. Like he's a yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it goes from where you start like
0: to get what where maybe Heenan had the ideas yeah. that he had. Well, because it
2: because it goes from feeling like he's playing the straight man to where it just goes to start, feel, start to feel like he's being he's very dismissive of mm-hmm. the brain. And like just tells him, like, just keep that to yourself. Or he's just like, we don't <laughs> care, brain. Like he's just very like it all it just it feels like it crosses a line at some points oh. where I think Shivani might be actually like sick of probably just yeah. maybe all of it, and he just it's kind of snaps at Heenan a little bit sometimes.
0: No one gives so. a shit, Weasel. We're moving on. It's like, okay. Oh. Yeah, but it goes from being like
2: in the playful way to kind of feeling like he's not even letting him like get his jokes in or yeah, get his point of Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I
0: feel like I've seen a few of those instances. Yeah,
2: like, like he just doesn't play along or something. So, but anyway, yeah. This match starts and happens. Um, fit backs Alex into the corner. They're separated. Right, escapes wrist lock with an arm drag and dances a little bit. Fit doesn't like that, and puts the nerve hold on right and then rakes his eyes and nose just this... literally pulling on his nose and mouth.
0: Yeah, and like these guys are doing moves and stuff the announcers have said zero about this zero. match. They're talking about Nothing. everything else and the Hogan right. and the Warrior which again it's why it's, it makes this
2: feel like it's like am I watching thunder? Yeah. Is this thunder right now? Because it might as well be. Like yep. it's heat. Heat. it's it's Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is the pay-per-view guys. Like, Ugh. if the match isn't worth calling, then don't put it on the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to say about this match with these guys. But it's like, then why is it here?
0: And I said earlier in the show when Meg and Rath were wrestling, there was a big, boring chant. Now, that just meant that there were more than one guy yelling out boring. Here yeah. we get, like, a good number of the crowd chanting boring for this match as Alex drops Finley gut first on the top rope. Well, and it just doesn't do the people in the ring any favors. Like
2: it's not even their fault because the match is fine. Yeah, you know, they're, these two guys are having a fine wrestling match. Ming and Wrath weren't necessarily doing anything that I would call boring, yeah. but it's also a sign of the times. You go watch anything in WWF; the lower to mid card gets the same treatment. Like yep. people were just—they didn't give a shit. They wanted the main eventers, mm-hmm. and they want them now, which is why it just always blows my mind that they waste all this time. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, people aren't here to see any of these people.
0: Nope. Uh, Wright is dancing between moves. Finley hits a short-arm clothesline. Finley throws Wright to the floor. The announcers say that Finley's the most dangerous man in a f- or dangerous on the floor of an arena. They run right into the apron, continues to work over the lower back of Alex Wright. Uh, Wright pulls Finley down and scoop slams him on the floor, but Finley no-sells it, immediately hits a go-to-sleep, dropping Wright face-first on the barricade instead of his knee. And Sunset Flip back into the ring. Finley kicks out quickly. And maybe I went too fast through this match, but Alex Wright, a reverse neckbreaker, and pins him one, two, three. Your winner, Alex Wright. Das Wunderkind.
2: Yeah, Fit avoided a dropkick from the top. Um, Then Fit missed Alex and hit the steel ring post shoulder first. So, yeah, that was what Ah. opened him up to the neckbreaker there. Gotcha. Yeah, the crowd could care less.
0: No, not at all. And Wright says he's the best wrestler and you know, to the camera. And then we go back to the WCW.com location where we were earlier with Lee Marshall. This time he's with the cat. Yeah.
2: And Lee Marshall is challenging the cat on his claim of being the greatest and saying that there's already a greatest and there's already, you know,
0: a real somebody that deal. Has,
2: yeah. <laughs> But you know the cat is uh unwavered by all this,
0: well, the cat explains he's sixty five and zero against everyone and he's five and zero against overweight fans, which made me laugh and <laughs> and uh yeah, he's just you know he's he doesn't back down at all he's he's still the greatest, so that's about that,
2: yeah gotta love the cat, but he's not on the show, folks no, no, no,
0: but you no know cat. what match is on the show, It's match number five, that's right, we're up to five matches of this bullshit, Lodi yeah. versus Saturn. Which, again, like,
2: this is Saturn beat Raven to free the flock. Lodi is, like, the only member who's not happy about this. <laughs> and so that's why we're having this match, I guess. I guess. So, and this is another, announced by David Pinzer, an added special, I guess, special added contest Jesus. to this show. We're adding this match.
0: So Lodi has uh, signs. He's got the yeah, sign his... guy gimmick going here.
2: Yeah, that's his thing.
0: Tony Shivani gets like he gets offended at the one that reads "hit or stand." Do you know what that means?
2: <laughs> I have no, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I was like, no I have idea. no idea what the context of this is. But Schiavone just like hit or stand. Ah, I'm like okay. Uh, so yeah, Saturn comes out looking like as Tony calls it a combination tough guy and army ranger. As he's got his beret on with his Shawn Michaels heartbreak kid jacket.
2: Saturn's quite an individual when it comes to his style. Yes. Like, even on the nitrous leading up to this, like he looks different pretty much every week.
0: So. <laughs> so yeah, this one takes their time to get started. Again, I just keep going, we are going to run out of time on this show. And we're fucking around with Lodi removing his goggles and stretching yep. And he's got these, this gear that jangles the entire time that they're wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It
2: it blows the mind, man. It blows the mind. Um, Saturn would stretch the arm of Lodi until he got a rope break. Um, Lodi leaves the ring though, and is upset as they are taking his signs away. Yeah. And he like runs and gets them. I was like, what is any of this? Like what is happening? Popping the boys. I guess (laughs) Uh, he puts the signs back down at ringside and puts Saturn in a side headlock inside the ring. Uh, Saturn escapes, delivers a face buster and then sweeps the legs of Lodi who rolls out to regroup. So my God.
0: Yeah. Lodi grabs his uh, Lodi likes Texas sign and Saturn grabs him and pulls him onto the apron Saturn suplexes Lodi back into the ring, and Mike Tanay says, there's a history between these two. If you can remember... If you can remember, it's the last <laughs> thing that happened. Uh, says Saturn was Lodi's slave recently. Uh um, no, that's true. Yeah. Lodi says, I've had enough, and Saturn chases him down. We get an overhead belly-to-belly suplex, then a brain buster and a falcon arrow. He hits the Death Valley driver, and he pins Sat- Lodi. One, two, three. Your winner is none other than Saturn.
2: Yeah, I mean, just... Stupid, like unnecessary match yeah. here. Like Saturn deserves to be doing something because he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, his his yeah. moves all look great, right? But like, why is he fight? Why isn't he fighting Canyon? Canyon's the other guy that liked that still <laughs> liked Raven. But no, no, that's not happening here.
0: Oh, Tony Schiavone calls the match total domination, not elimination, but total domination. Uh, and I just have why the fuck is this on pay per view? I don't understand it. We get replays and then back to the announcers where Shivani recaps the changes that have happened to the Steiner brothers match tonight. And Heenan says he really wants to see if Scott can dominate Rick tonight. And we're told that his removing the shirt was symbolic of his freedom as they show the replay of uh, Buff quitting the NWO.
2: Yeah, he removed his shirt and saved Rick from a chair attack. Um, yeah,
0: and is a free man. But now it's time for more Nitro Girls. Which, again, I don't know the reference, but Heenan says, we're going back to Ohio. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't
2: don't know. Who knows?
0: Yeah, this was the third dance number. It's fine. I don't have any other notes other than it was okay. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, That takes us to match number six for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. It's Disco Inferno taking on the champion, Billy Kidman.
0: Yeah, and like you said, this should be the start of the show. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, <laughs> nothing before this should have been on pay-per-view, no. probably. No. Um, yeah, this match should have started. This has been an actual angle on the TV leading up to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. The Hooventude thing was completely unnecessary. Um, they also could have given Disco more time. I mean, I guess who cares? Yeah. But... Considering this is at like the one hour mark of a three hour and fifteen minute show, it's mm-hmm. like couldn't these guys have fought at the top of the second hour? I mean, <laughs> shit, you got plenty of time. It seems like, right? Well,
0: even Tony Schiavone's like, this seems like a quick turnaround, and right, so, yeah, yeah, it does. The announcers kind of talk about, man, Disco's going to be tired here, but it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Kidman as he makes his way out, <laughs> uh, and then Disco comes out as well. This time, a little bit, le- you know, he doesn't have his his other right. gear on. Well, and the thing is, too, is, like, you know, with the setup of this match,
2: Disco's a heel, but he comes in at the disadvantage here. Yeah. He's had a match. He's tired. The odds are against him, and he's the heel. Okay.
0: It, yeah. That's tough. Pretty good. Um, the announcers explained that, you know, this is the same story as the Hoovy match, where the smaller guy, all he has to do is keep the speed up, his endurance should give him an edge over Disco, and... Disco's yeah. also tired, like you said, from the match before. So, uh, we get a drop toehold, a basic arm bar. Uh, Kidman dives into the ring like he's going to dive onto the mat where he, like, it's weird. It looks like he's going to dive headfirst into the floor and he hooks his legs onto the, the neck of Disco. And that allows him to hit like the Hurricane Rana head scissors sort of thing. I thought it was kind mm-hmm. of impressive.
2: Yeah, I know. Good stuff there, uh, from Kidman. Uh, then stomps to Disco, who's on the mat. Disco comes back with a drop to hold of his own, sending Kidman to the bottom rope. Pretty ugly, actually. Uh, we get a swinging neck breaker from Disco for a two-count. Uh, Disco Inferno then whips Kidman into the corner, and he just collapsed as he was tossed in hard. Disco then low-bridges Kidman, and he spills to the floor. Mm. Uh, the fight then moves to the outside. Kidman would whip the Disco Inferno into the ring apron and delivered a bulldog stepping up the steel steps to deliver the move onto the mats outside the ring. Uh, but Kidman would miss a splash inside, and Disco would cover, but only for a two-count, before it's chin-lock time from Mr. Inferno.
0: Yes, and this cues the Disco Sucks chance for the crowd. Uh, Disco finally lifts and lets Kidman fall to the mat and then does some dancing. He gets angry when the crowd boos the dancing. Uh, Disco stomps in the corner for Kidman, Uh, Disco goes to the second rope, dances some more, shows off his back knee to the camera, and then dives, but Kidman with a dodge that time. The power slam by Kidman, and somehow Disco's able to kick out a two. And at this point, that I'm like, where'd the crowd go? Like, they just fall dead silent, right as Tony (laughs) Schiavone's like, this has been a great match.
2: (laughs) I mean, because listen, it is something that's unfair to even the wrestlers around this Attitude Era time, is that fans... They talk about people's attention spans nowadays. Yeah. Fans weren't there for the wrestling, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it is. That's why you don't get these well, long matches around this time. Nobody wants to watch a long match around yeah. this time.
0: And no. it's also, though, the same thing that we've seen happen in every Kidman match that we've watched. Well, yeah. Where, you know, as soon as they start trying to sell false finishes, the crowd's like, we don't buy it until we see a shooting star press.
2: <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you're not wrong about that. That's a very good point.
0: Oh. See, so yeah, Disco wants a pile driver, hits the spike pile driver on Kidman, but can't roll onto the pin right away. Finally covers, but no, he kicks out. Disco throws a fit. We get a bulldog. No, it was a counter from Disco. A front suplex or a gourd buster. A two count for Kidman, kicks out again. Now he gets in position. He does the Macarena. And this time allows Kidman to counter, climbs the corner, hits the shooting star press, and pins Disco. And your still champion is Kidman.
2: Yeah. Um, I just you you, after after you watch this match, I'm more impressed with Disco Inferno than I am Billy Kidman. Yeah. Yep. Like, there's nothing about this that helps Kidman, in my opinion. Like, what was what was the point of all this?
0: No, and I, I have overall from that match, I thought it wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't really very good. I was like, it's kind of the same issues with most of my Kidman matches. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but the, there's a sign in the crowd I saw that said, Ric Flair, please retire. You have a few more years to wait there. Um, yeah. Some more NWO music yet again, because it's time for match number seven, which is... My t- job to announce Uh, world tag team championship match. It's the black and white of NWO Hollywood. I think Scott Steiner and the giant battling Rick Steiner, the dog face gremlin and Marcus. Don't call me Alexander Bagwell.
2: Nah, nah, DP. You forgot. It's not just Scott Steiner and the giant. It's Scott Steiner and the giant with a cigarette, which is... <laughs> such a time capsule oh. for the giant character that was a brief time in history where this is how he came to the ring for a while because i guess someone thought he looked cool while he smoked a cigarette goodness it, it looks ridiculous because he's a giant man
1: <laughs> and you know
2: that cigarette looks like nothing in his between his fingers like I, it, it's actually not cool at all he he looks oh. kind of stupid really
0: scott steiner looks dehydrated as fuck his arm veins are popping oh. out like Absolutely insane. God,
2: I probably did it on purpose. It's disgusting. He too
0: um, speaks- yeah,
2: Tony does explain a little bit because you had texted me and the tag team championship situation in this company yeah, is hard from the outside looking in. Tony would explain that Hall and Giant are the champions. And <laughs> I can tell you that's after Bret Hart screwed Sting and cost Sting and Kevin Nash the tag team titles. Gotcha. In a match with Hall and the Giant. Since that's happened though, Scott Hall has been drunk and unable to defend the titles. So it's kind of just been a whoever situation. Yeah. So. Huh.
0: so Steiner, uh, Scott Steiner, by the way, he grabbed a, a sign from the crowd that reads, you know, Scott Steiner rules professional wrestling. And like as he's sliding in, I noticed that the back of the sign reads, Buff is tough. And I was just like, Oh, that feels like a weird sign for you to hold up right now. But it turns out this is a great stretch of luck for this man.
2: Yeah, exactly. His sign had double meaning.
0: So Rick has his uh, rip-off, the Welcome to the Jungle playing, is his theme yep. music.
2: Yeah, Gotta love it.
0: Buff mocks both NWO members. He cropped chops both of them. And Heenan points out that as both teams are posturing before the bell, that Scott Steiner's hiding behind the giant here.
2: No, that wrong? No. Um, the announcers have mentioned this is Buff's first match since his neck injury. Uh, Bagwell throws his shirt at the giant, who retaliates by flicking his cigarette at him. I'm sure that it's great that that landed in the ring somewhere. Um, giant then attacks as we hear about Chucky wanting Rick to be in his next movie, which without any context, <laughs> just, throw, they, they yeah. just say those. And
0: that's it. I was so confused. I was like, he's a friend of Rick Steiner? Okay, that's weird. Um, And early on here, we get this interaction where Tony Schiavone's like, I'm not going to argue with you, lame brain.
1: A while back, Scott wouldn't even let Rick in the ring was like one or two times you brain but all throughout their dominance as world tag team champs rick steiner set the pace I'm, the with you. I'm not gonna argue with you either at the holiday season here Can you shut up how's that sound okay well, if you want to do something about it well, never mind be quiet tag is made yeah he's
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
2: because you know bobby's right there was that was like a, the whole just before he joined the nwo that's what St- scott was doing like he was oh okay Running the whole matches and not letting Rick in. So, but anyway,
0: <laughs> you lame brain.
2: I know. How dare him?
0: Uh, Scott tags in once he sees that Rick is down. However, after the giant beats him up for a bit here, uh, the fans get up for Buff, but Scott's in control. He punches and stomps Rick. Scott chokes Rick with the ring ropes. Rick fires up with an atomic drop, but a big right hand, some big right hand punches, corner punches, and a clothesline. We get an elbow drop, and instead of covering, he. Tags in Bagwell, who asked for a tag. Yeah. Yeah, here comes Buff. Um,
2: who turns on him immediately.
0: <laughs> yep. Kicks like him in two sweets the boys.
2: Just right away. And uh Scott would then hit a low blow and choke Rick across the second rope. Crowd chants for Goldberg. I guess just Hoping anybody would do something about this, but nope, nobody helps Rick Steiner. Uh Scott with a slam and then he poses for the crowd. In comes the giant who punches Rick and stands was, on his chest.
0: Why would Buff leave? Right. Like I, I didn't understand that, but
2: okay. Oh no, that's that's my favorite part about all of this is the the Buff Bagwell <laughs> later on. Oh I uh, forgot about mind,
3: that. Yeah.
2: My mind oh, was just God. blown. Um, yeah, giants dominating Rick. Uh, St- Rick Steiner on the outside, though, is attacked by Scott and rolled inside. The giant hits a Russian leg sweep, which blew my mind, kind of, and pulls Rick up before the ref can count three.
0: Oh, no. Mm hmm. Pay for that. I love though, Mike Tanay starts poking holes in this whole storyline mm-hmm. right away. Do you think Judy Bagwell was in on it then? If that's what was going on. And they're just like, no, no, no. And then they move on to oh, something yeah. else. Tony's like, no, Judy's a lovely
2: lady. Like, she-
0: <laughs> but I also just want to be like, Taney, shut the hell up. Like,
2: you know, obviously <laughs> none of this makes sense. Are you really going to ask us to, to I, like, you know,
0: make sense of it all? I mean, someone's got to do Jesse Ventura's job. Somebody has that's to, true. has to tear this whole, this whole thing down.
2: That's true. You're not wrong there. Um, yeah Rick fires up, but Scott slams his face in the corner and hits a low blow. Scott Steiner, this is just so dumb, holds the arms of Rick Steiner behind his back as the giant goes to the top rope, yep, and the giant goes for a missile drop kick, <laughs> of course, Rick moves, and uh so Scott's taken out by the drop kick. So Rick Steiner then hits the second rope Bulldog on the Giant for the one, two, three. your winner, and new tag team champion, Rick Steiner.
0: Yeah, all by himself.
2: All by himself.
0: Just beat the Giant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, he just beat the Giant with a Bulldog. And the announcers yeah. say that means he gets 15 minutes with a match with Scott.
2: Yeah, that takes us immediately to match number eight. It's Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner.
0: I guess you're right. Yeah. You're not wrong there. Forgot how many goddamn matches are on this card. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Scott's trying not to do this. He's, he's not in the ring. The ref says, you got to get in the ring. And Scott says, it was, it was, it was a fast count. It doesn't count. And, uh, we get a big right hand punch by Rick as he runs out there and grabs him and then gets in the ring eventually. And yeah, they just start fighting here. Yeah, and Rick with a clothesline,
2: he got his boot up in the corner at a charging Scott Steiner. Rick then put Scott over his shoulder and ran him abdomen first into the top turnbuckle and covered Scott for a two-count. Uh, Scott would use a low blow followed by a T-bone suplex to turn the tide of the match. Um, Scott then with a clothesline and then pummels his brother Rick on the mat <laughs> um, and then chokes him across the second rope.
0: Yeah. And it's at this point that Tony's wondering if this match is no DQ and the announcers say, why not? The refs don't do shit anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's pretty true. We get a power slam by Scott Steiner on himself. Cause Rick is blowed up. He can't do it himself. Um, <laughs> Rick covers. We cut outside where a man in a suit is beating up officials. I'm like, what is happening here? They're like, he's beating up ring crew. Yeah. And then Stevie Ray hands him a mic, or no, it's a slapjack. He hands a yeah. slapjack, and yep. it's Buff Bagwell. And you, you forgot to mention the Bill Clinton mask. Yes, yeah, he's wearing a Bill Clinton mask here, and he removes it after hitting him with a slapjack. Yeah, Stevie Ray, who couldn't just go use his own slapjack.
2: Yeah. No, no, he just comes all the way to the ring just a hand that now also buff went and got in a
0: disguise.
2: Yes. <laughs> instead of just coming the same way or Stevie Ray did. Yeah. And then getting in the ring and using the slapjack.
0: Like they, they, so, they would have made any sort of like announcement that, you know, all the NWO members are barred right. from ringsides. That way right. there's a reason for a disguise, but they didn't do yeah. that.
2: Right. Well, the, my other favorite thing is he gets the slapjack And he gets in the ring, and he knocks out Rick, but he also knocks out the ref. Yeah. For this match that you want to be over me. So now, Buff has to move the arms of the official, and the match still isn't over. Rick kicks out at two.
0: When he hit the ref, the bell rang for the DQ. But then I guess the ring guy was was told, this is no DQ, man. This is a no DQ match.
2: I guess. So Rick kicks out. Scott hits the top rope Frankensteiner, and
0: Rick kicks out again. Dude, they're putting Rick over hard.
2: Yeah. Oh, you know what they follow this up with? Nothing. (laughs) Um, Rick then takes out Buff Bagwell and hits the second rope Bulldog for the win. Your winner, Rick Steiner. I mean, you're right. Like, what a night for Rick Steiner. Yeah. And this leads to nothing.
0: He's going to be in the next Chucky movie, Tony. we got to make sure he's a big star by the time that happens.
2: I believe at this point they have made three or four Chucky movies <laughs> since Bride of Chucky. <laughs> Rick Steiner has appeared in none of them.
0: Oh, no. It's, it's you know, like you said, it feels like a big moment for Rick Steiner, but knowing that yeah. this character goes nowhere, it's just like, why are we yeah, doing he this? Picked,
2: he picks Kenny Chaos to be his tag team partner of formerly High Voltage. Jesus. And it's nothing yeah this should have been huge for rick scott goes on to do a lot
0: oh yeah yeah give me the map scott T- Tanae says what an accomplishment by rick steiner we get a recap of like the entire nwo Ugh.
2: well the outsiders because yeah. yeah but you're right it's mostly the nwo
0: but yeah, this video, is this a video or are they just telling us this? I don't, I don't Yeah,
2: we get, we get like an outsider recap video. It shows the formation of the NWO, their tag team title reigns. Uh, we see it slamberry. Hall turned on Nash and, uh, in a tag match against Sting and the Giant. Mm-hmm. So that was the end of the Outsiders. Began the weird tag team title situation. Um, Hall mentions that he did it all for money. Uh, by sticking with Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. And then Nash was like, it's cool, man. Let's be friends again. And then Hall turned his back again when Nash was challenging Hogan <laughs> for the world title. Yeah. So, uh,
0: yeah. And then the drinking yeah. spots, spots start. And
2: dude, I'll tell you, man, because, you know, I watched the Nitros leading up to this. It's all in just such awful taste. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. All of no. it. He drives to the arenas. Oh god. And like gets out of his car is drunk and like I mean it's That's awful. Just the worst.
0: Yep, we even get a drunk promo from an NWO bar and Nash then yelling, This
2: is last call. But the only thing from that nitro you need to see are Mike Tanay's parts, as he is part of the traveling camera crew that's trying to keep up with Nash and the Wolfpack all night as they're looking for Hall. Oh, okay. So it's always like we we our presence is not welcome here as we keep (laughs) trying to follow up with Kevin Nash and, you know, it's just, it's funny stuff, but yeah, that takes us to match number
0: nine. Yes. Match number nine. It is another grudge match. It's Scott Hall representing the black and white versus the Wolf Pack. Kevin Nash. So Scott Hall is coming out here doing... Doing his, his
2: uh, best Julian from Trailer Park Boys. Yes.
0: Yeah, he's got his, his cup in hand. And Tony Schiavone gives us this disclaimer.
1: Speaking on behalf of the World Championship Wrestling, our officials that we've you, uh, seen it. You, you've even seen Eric Bischoff come out and decided belated. to get Scott Hall to get his life together. We do not condone got me Norton last week, tried to get him. Right, we do not condone his lifestyle. We do not think it's funny. We do not feel that he should get in the ring. We feel he needs some sort of therapy, some help to get his okay. life back together. And hopefully, very soon it'll happen. And I don't know if what goes down tonight will push him in that direction or not.
2: I mean, you can say all those things. But the very simple thing would be that he wouldn't be on pay per view. He wouldn't be on television. Yeah, you know he wouldn't exactly because I told you I, have, I and I bet it's on Thunder too. I was just didn't have time for all that shit every week on Night Show. He's drunk. It's known that he's drunk. It's mm-hmm. mentioned that he's drunk, and he gets in the ring. He performs. He, you know, does he endangers people like it just? And I am sure he's not actually drunk. Yeah. at least not as drunk as he is appearing you know what i mean yeah. like but it doesn't it doesn't make it any you know less awful you, you know no
0: no and, and it's like so i get like here being the idea that you know he's kind of putting on this thing to try to get an advantage over nash early in this one yeah but <laughs> at the same time Why would the why does WCW allow the match to even begin? Why is he allowed to go to the ring? I don't understand this. Like what is the the inner logic behind this?
2: It's it's one of those things that annoys me, especially when you're when your wrestling company does have like an authority and like a very clear like people in charge, JJ Dillon, Eric Bischoff, whoever that may be. When you just act like we can't do anything about it. It's like no, you you can. Like there's all kinds of people that do things about these kinds of things like whenever <laughs> it's convenient like it feels like jj dylan could just be like scott hall you're not stepping foot into a building hosting a wcw event unless you can pass a breathalyzer test yeah you want to fucking use your real life angle and put it in a the storyline mm-hmm. then we're gonna fucking you know we'll use it to embarrass you if we have to <laughs> i mean i just i don't understand any of uh. this
0: So Nash comes out, of course, to the Wolfpack song, and Tony Schiavone calls him, Mr. Cool! And I was like, oh boy. I mean,
2: you know, yeah, that is kind of the charm of Nash.
0: (laughs) Hall throws his drink in Nash's face to get this match underway, unless you have more about this entrance of Mr. Nash. Nope,
2: nope. Nash was Nash. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he threw the drink in his face and kind of like attacks in a way where it doesn't seem like he's stumbling anymore. So the, I, the idea being, I guess, he wasn't drunk.
2: <clears throat> Which, you know, okay. Because people could point to the CM Punk angle. Remember when Punk pretended to be drunk, and mm-hmm. it was all of, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But the problem is that Hall, <laughs> now historically, at this point. Yes. is documented that he's, you know, anyway, an awful drunk. Oh, uh, yeah. So the fight is on. It moves to the outside. Hall slams Nash into the guardrail and then into the ring post. Uh, Nash is pumping like um, Mr. Perfect for his friend here. Um Scott hits Nash in the head with a microphone and chokes him with the camera cable. Hall then slams Nash into the guardrail again. And then Hall gets in the ring and gets the microphone.
0: Did you? So when Hall was choking him with mm-hmm. the camera cable there, Nash is bleeding from the mouth all of a sudden. And, uh, I just have here I was like, is the match no DQ because the ref's just like allowing them to just sit here and choke this <laughs> guy. Um and then did you hear the guy in the crowd shout something about a nice blade job to these two oh, guys really? while they were yeah, like there's like a guy in like the front row or second row. I don't know which one it is, but I heard him yell at it yell that out and made me laugh. Jeez.
2: Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, um he asked Nash if his eyes are burning. And he says, you know, tells him to drag his big butt back to the locker room.
0: (laughs) How does it feel to look through the world through foggy eyes? I was like, what is this?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. Um, Nash, of course, doesn't leave and, in fact, rolls into the ring. So he's not going anywhere. And Hall meets Nash with a series of punches.
0: Yeah, we're... We're told that the trainer said Nash could not continue, but Nash is continuing. I don't understand yeah. who has authority in this yeah. company.
2: What's what's the point of Danny Young at ringside <laughs> if you're just going to ignore his advice? Um <laughs> Hall slams Nash and the crowd is chanting Wolfpack.
0: Mhm. Yeah, they're they're into this, man. Like as much yeah. as as much as like the storyline's not great. Uh um, right. they're into these two kind of finally going at it here. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Scoop slam on Nash. Hall calls for a razor's edge. He like throws the hands out. But Nash sees it coming and escapes very quickly. Uh, Hall can only get a set of three punches before Nash shoves him off. And then Nash begs for more punches, which made me, I was like, y- you just, you could have had him.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> starts, he starts motioning for him to keep hitting him, which is <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Um, Nash is a side slam and both men are down. They fight on their knees. Like, New Japan style. Not as dramatic. <laughs> um, no. Nash with a knee to the midsection and then punches Hall just until he falls to the mat. Hall, though, manages to avoid a jackknife and slides out of the ring. The, uh, he would get back. Yeah, go ahead.
0: The paintbrush slaps of, of fucking Scott Hall are, they look like nothing. Like, <laughs> Right. Just like wagging his fingers on the back of Nash's head. And like the announcer's are like, Oh, he's paintbrushing brushing him. I'm like, No.
2: <laughs> They're just disrespectful more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Hall gets back in the ring and they lock up. He works the arm, but Nash catches him with a clothesline, forearms to the back from Nash, Nash with a face buster and then sits on his back across the second rope, you know, running and sitting down on you. Then um, Nash is just punishing Hall at this point, pummeling him in the ring.
0: Um, <laughs> These fucking yes. repeated knees in the corner, man, with Nash yeah. shouting at him the whole time.
1: Buy yeah. the hand, drink, baby. Bam! Oh, have another drink, baby. Have another drink, baby. Here's one. Bam! <laughs> How about a double? Would you like a double? Bam! Bam! Get yourself. <laughs>
2: Bam! It's it's like the other problem too, is like cause there's also the thing where he's like he mocks opening up a beer and then punches yeah. Hall in the face with it. <laughs> and I'm just like, I I don't think mocking an alcoholic is probably one of the suggested methods of yeah. you know handling them. I, I don't think that's I
0: don't think that's a good way. Oh. I just have this match has slowed way down for me. Uh yeah. Eden says this is Nash trying to beat some sense into Hall. And he repeats the same line as a quote from Nash 30 seconds later where he goes, you heard what Nash said. He's trying to beat some sense. And his. (laughs) like, don't he just moves on?
2: (laughs) So Nash eventually hits a jackknife powerbomb on on his friend Scott Hall.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, The crowd wants more. Based on what he does after this, I don't know why he. He asked him him if
0: he wants one more. Right.
2: But it's like so here's the thing if he was like did it and then pinned him in one and was like
0: yeah
2: I won but instead he's all like moo my friend and like you know <laughs> leaves the ring so why did you powerbomb him twice you know what i mean like yeah. if you were, if if you were just trying to make a point that like you had him
0: yeah.
2: you know or that you know like you don't care about the win <laughs> the second powerbomb is just very uh, seems uh, unnecessary considering yeah. the
0: and it's also like he's he's kind of tired, so like he's it's, it's tough for him to get him up. And like, oh yeah,
2: it's not a good one. Well, Hall's a monster of a man. He's a like huge you forget dude.
0: he's fucking huge. How,
2: like because Nash is just so much bigger. <laughs> Hall's like six nine or something ridiculous, you yeah, know. So. And he's
0: thick. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, he takes some time to cover. I'm like, oh, Nash in like a heel manner, crotch chops Hall from above, and uh. then he just leaves the match. And the ref counts Nash out, and your winner by count out is Scott Hall. So the fans are like, "Well, now we don't know what to feel."
2: I, yeah, <laughs> I, uh you know, what's also is it would also be an interesting statistic. For you, like, there's a lot of crotch chopping in WCW. Yeah, when DX gets hot, I don't think you ever see any two sweets in the WWF. <laughs> you know? I'd be curious Cause again, to know. Yeah, because I feel like. Vince would probably, like, cut their fingers off, so.
0: <laughs> Cease and desist, motherfuckers.
2: I gotta say, like, regardless of, like, the poor taste of the, uh, drunk angle, uh, I thought this was, this actually wasn't awful, and as far as, like, telling a story goes, I thought it was pretty effective.
0: No, you're not wrong. I, I actually liked a lot of this. There was that one stretch in the middle that I was just like, what do we, can we move continue this match now? Uh, and right. then, you know, they, they just started doing the big moves and that's when it continued. But, um, no, I thought it was good. I actually did like this because, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't normally like Nash matches. And I right. found myself caring about this match even yeah. after the have another drink, bam, knees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: but anyway, more Nitro Girls as this is.
0: There's four of these. I forgot about that. Goodness.
2: The rainbow look, He yeah. says of the girls. <laughs>
0: They've got wigs on.
2: Yeah, they have wigs on. I mean, he's, he's not wrong. I just, I don't know if that's the wording that they would probably use. Brain says they're starting to dress like Lodi, which made me laugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that takes us to what I realized. Oh, and that's, had this, this is
2: also, year. this is also when I realized that we didn't get to see the Kodan music video.
0: Oh, ah, okay. Because
2: Brain brings up saying that all the cars in that video needed shocks.
0: Gotcha. That's okay. That makes sense. I was very confused. I remember being like, I don't understand what Heenan's talking about. Right. Okay. But, yeah, but that takes us to match
2: 10. For the WCW United States Championship, it's Bret Hart taking on Tomato Can Sting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tony says he expects the most darnedest brutal match he's ever seen in this next matchup. Like, do you want to know
2: what's so unfortunate about this match is that it is literally a feud started because the sharpshooter and the scorpion deathlock are so similar. Are, are the basically. same move? There's not really much more to this. Like, yeah, they were friends. Brett respected Sting enough that he wouldn't join the NWO. Okay, um, because he respected Sting, and then he kind of ended up being a dick about things anyway, and so now here we are. So,
0: yeah, Bret Hart to me always feels like a man out of place in the second half of the nineties. Like there's something about his style of W, the style of WCW by the time he arrives, that his gear feels suddenly so dated.
2: Well, the gear thing is totally on him, and he should have updated his shit at this point because we're also. A year into his time in this company, pretty much. Yeah. You know, he's and he he's been here since like the end of ninety seven.
0: Nineteen ninety four Bret Hart.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. He definitely should have updated his gear. But most of the other issues that he dealt with in this company was just the fact that they didn't know understand what, what they had in their hands. Yeah. And they put you know, it's like why are why is he in the mid-card? Like this was the problem with the contracts and the creative control for the Hogan's and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because you couldn't change the top of the car. You know, you yeah. couldn't really ever push anybody as far as you need to. And it's like, <laughs> they just made Bret Hart, another guy coming out of the Montreal screw job. I mean, the, one of the biggest happenings in the history of the professional wrestling. Yeah.
0: The easiest guy, piece of sympathy this, for any wrestler in the world. <laughs>
2: yeah. This guy is on their freaking television. Like a a couple of weeks later. Mm -hmm. And they don't capitalize on this, on it at all. And he's just another
0: guy. I mean, seeing this matchup though, this was something that I was like, oh, this is a cool interaction here. These are two guys that were good in the early, you know, great in the Mm -hmm. early 90s, leading these companies. And now they're going to face off against each other. But as you mentioned, tomato can sting. Um, The announcers agree that this must be Darkest Timeline Sting. Sinister of a look, would you say? A little darker look with the
1: addition of the goatee? You're not kidding. Of all the timelines,
0: this is clearly the darkest, which is why I propose we commit to being evil. I've made us all black goatees out of felt. I suggest you put them on until you're able to grow your own. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it, it
2: is. The goatee is. <laughs> Quite sinister, I will say. Like <laughs> he has, a, he has a real Satan look going on here.
0: Oh, because it almost looks like when you get close up to it, it almost looks like he added black face paint to his goatee. So like he has brown probably, hair, probably did. but then yeah. like a black goatee, so it looks awkward. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so, this yeah, match
2: thing is a mess.
0: Is gonna get underway as always would with bad guy Bret Hart. You, you know, powder immediately to the floor, play keep away from Sting as the announcers uh. say this match is all about personal issues. Well, Tony right. says that. And then Taney agrees, but also just contradicts him completely saying that how it's all about the title now. And then Tony comes back with a, well, yeah, but it's been very heated personally as of late for these yeah. two. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs>
2: these guys. I'll give Tony credit. This has, like, of the angles on this show, this one has at least been on or involved in, like, every Nitro. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the ducking out. Like, here's the problem, too. Again, have we not yet realized our time situation? Like, has anyone started to <laughs> exactly. look at
0: That's what I can't believe. Everything, nothing feels rushed through the rest of the show. Not yet.
2: It doesn't feel rushed until literally... The end of the Hogan match, and then <laughs> yes. for whatever reason, there's a sudden shift in the winds, and you can feel like the oh shit, and like because yeah. DDP's music starts early. Well, anyway, we'll get there. Yeah, um, yeah, because these guys are just taking their fucking time. I mean, <laughs> this is fine. You know what I mean? Like, I know not everybody loves that. I don't. You know, like I get why you wouldn't love this, but it's effective.
0: It- yeah,
2: it pisses the crowd off. It it gets them. It builds the anticipation, but problem is, is we're at, we don't have time on this show. So,
0: oh, I, I will say though, as this is starting and, and like Sting finally starts to chase after Bret Hart here, mm-hmm. he chases after him up onto the ramp. Did you mm-hmm. see the expert ducking of that drink that was thrown directly at Sting's head that he just like matrixed underneath as he was grabbing onto Bret Hart? It was awesome.
2: I, I must have missed that. These, guys, these poor guys though, man, like WCW. Like they opened the door to it. <laughs> yeah. And then they kinda never really do much about it. One of the one of the nitros I was watching, Bischoff, he fucking he eats a beer in the face, man. <laughs> and he get and he gets in and he says something like, Hey, I just wanna thank the guy from the cheap seats for that Miller Light. I'm more of a Coors fan though, or says you know, he says something <laughs> like that. But yeah, dude, these the drinks getting flung just happened. Ugh. Uh yeah, Sting is giving chase near the entrance. Uh, takes off his jacket finally and the bell rings after I, we skipped over, but many in and outs from Hart and yeah. he ducks out again as soon as the bell rings and argues with a woman at ringside who they like, <laughs> she must have a way about her because everybody notices her and goes over and gives her a few words. Uh, okay. Hogan talks to her in his match. Hart talks to her here. Somebody was talking with her earlier. Gotcha. So she's either good with like, the clever remarks, or she's somebody's like mom. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so I, I'm not. A, so I have here. Brett begins uh, firing back with strikes after punches in the corner and a clothesline from Sting. Uh, Sting's kind of talking shit to Bret Hart at this point. Uh, Brett fires back with strikes, headbutts, and then rakes his eyes on the ropes. And Shivani calls Hart a liar and a friend of Hollywood Hogan. Heenan says physically this match is very even, but Brett's in control with a clothesline. And uh, that triggers a Bret Hart sucks chant from the crowd. We get a headbutt directly to Sting's dick in response as Hart looks on angrily at the crowd after doing it. Um, Headbutts to the lower back of Sting as the announcers talk about. Obviously, both men would like to end this one with their sharpshooter-slash-scorpion deathlock.
2: Yeah, you know, both men with the similar finishes. That's kind of uh, what we're doing here, as a matter of fact. Uh We have a situation where the uh, hold may come into play. Brett, with the Russian leg sweep, goes to the second rope as we're doing his Bret Hart series here. Um, misses the drop kick, though. And Sting catches him in the Scorpion Death Lock. So our first instance here. Brett, though, manages to uh, get the rope break. And Sting contradicts what he said on Nitro about not caring if he gets a rope break and never letting go as he lets go. Without much of a warning from the ref.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause so, the announcers I, are like starting just as they're starting to play. They're like, Oh yeah, he said he wouldn't let go. Yeah. And then like he lets go right then.
2: Yeah. Good guy sting. He can't help it. Um, he beats Brett on the mat. Uh, Brett with some, a nice little moment here as he leapfrocks sting and his knee gives out and, uh, the ref backs sting up and Brett takes this opportunity to pull out a foreign object out of his tights. So he was mm-hmm. playing a little bit of possum there, but his devious act doesn't completely pay off. Pay off. His sting, uh, you know, stops the attempt. Picks the foreign object to, up himself, puts it on. I guess it was knuckles of some kind.
0: It, yeah, it looked almost like three quarters and electrical tape, but
2: <laughs> who knows? These crazy wrestlers—they're uh, ready for a bar fight. Ref stops Sting though from using it, and Bret Hart had, delivers a low blow
0: from behind. Yeah. And then uh-huh. a backbreaker, but Sting's able to kick out at two. They go to the floor. Sting gets run into the barricade. Then he gets thrown into the barricade on the other side, this time in front of the fans, yeah. th- where this woman just yeah. <laughs> loses her fucking mind. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: boy, Sting against the table to the safety rail. Oh, uh-huh. Does Sting have anything left at this point?
0: Like, she's grabbing at his hair as she's saying this. And his butt. Like, she tries to grab his ass, like... Oh, yeah.
2: She was mighty aggressive, that one.
0: Very, very aggressive. Uh, and Sting just, like, gets the fuck out of there. Right, um, yeah. Hart into the ring and is seen telling fans, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Sting gets on the apron and the ref goes to check on him and Sting elbows him in the face. <laughs> and Hart follows this up with a leg drop on the official on purpose. So he's down. And Sting's immediately in control. He throws Brett in the ropes, does a one-punch in the corner, which cracked me up. Yeah. Goes up, the fans are like, one! And then (laughs) he drops down.
2: That's all you (laughs) get.
0: They're all so let down.
2: You just get one. Oh. And then Then, they need the ref. scary, scary moment here. What's that? They go to do this superplex, and Billy Silverman is just laying stretched out in the ring. Well...
0: They just went, like, Sting goes down and tells the ref to move. <laughs> and the ref moves over. And, yeah. like, I, the only reason I noticed it is because Tony Schiavone goes, Sting's checking on the ref, and then, like, Sting's <laughs> yeah. being beaten on. He's not supposed yeah. to be checking on the ref in the storyline.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> so you You're have to, like, backtrack to get... it. Right. So, but I he moves, but it's not nearly not enough. Much. Not much. Sting it's a superplex that literally drops Bret Hart just across the legs of this ref and i was like man something's <laughs> going to be broken like that is not can't be good but <sighs> i guess he was alright all 3 men are down in the ring though yes um, yeah I, I love this i love this finish the only problem is it's like you know why doesn't this happen more often a sting hits the stinger splash but he's overzealous and hits his head on the steel ring post
0: well now was he only overzealous or did brett Move down a little bit to allow him to hit the ring post.
2: Mm, I see. I mean, listen, it's the excellence of execution. Yeah, like I, if, if you're probably right, like he he probably thought about that. So,
0: like if that was the case, I like the idea. But if the other way, then yeah, I would see that Sting should probably be doing this more often. <laughs>
2: right, like you know, hey, every now and then we get a little overexcited and we jump too high, like <laughs> knock ourselves out. Sure. But yes. Anyway. And then that leads to a bit of a snuff film here is Sting is just knocked out across the top rope and Brett just beats him with a baseball bat. like just beats his lifeless body.
0: Yeah, yeah, just driving the bat into his throat. Uh, he wakes up the referee and Hart doesn't want to <laughs> go for the pin. Instead, he wants the sharpshooter. So the ref yeah. drops the hand of Sting three times because he's out cold and your winner and still champion is Brett Hart. Yeah.
2: So... Uh, the crowd is again just kind of, huh? Like you know, they don't really. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. They're not. They're, they're they're upset about Sting. They don't really like Bret Hart that much.
0: hmm And Sting is uh, selling the shit out of this. He's like still in the same position and out as the ref is trying to like get people to come out and help him. Did, did you hear? <laughs> I didn't. I
2: there's some guy. It sounds like he sells like off like. Someone getting yelled at for walking through a shot. Did you hear that? There's someone like,
0: like, hey no. man, if
2: you walk through my shot again, like it sounded like a cameraman talking oh, to one of the cell photographers or something. I don't know. It was in the midst of all this, like, kind of <laughs> silence or whatever. Um, yeah, Sting. I mean, we do the long, again, we have no time to spare on this show. Mm-hmm. And we do the long stretcher job. Yep. Oh. The long one.
0: Yeah, I'm losing my mind here because I have two matches left and there's less than 30 minutes of satellite feed time and we're doing this sting stretcher deal.
2: Um, so again, added to the list of, you know, the times they are changing here in WCW. This is the end of tomato can sting. So RIP, Ah. the red and black. Gotcha. Uh, He would be gone until 1999. When he would return as the black and white, you know, crow sting makeup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that would be, I think, around the time once the NWO is gone and Ric Flair is a bad guy. Cause that's what WCW did in 99. But yeah. So this is the, this is it for Sting in 98 and won't be seen again. So, so again, if you're looking at kind of the Sting run from the return as the crow, how the run's gone, you know, and then this is kind of the end of that run. And now it's. You yeah. Know, into the twilight so uh it definitely putters out at the end of old 98 here with the wolf pack
0: ah uh, yeah it's not great and this stretcher thing is taking forever like even after they get him on the backboard and onto the stretcher they start rolling away and then they decide to spin around like i'm just like what are you guys doing and then also is one of the emts squeak from basketball
2: <laughs> probably you're in Las Vegas. He's, you know, probably an extra out there at the time or something. Who knows?
0: It looks a lot like him. Um, but yeah. Tony Shivani <laughs> says, "Get him out of here as quickly as possible." And I'm like, "Yeah, come on, guys. We've got like no time left." Well,
2: because if anybody probably has any idea about the time crunch, Shivani, I'm sure, just in with his experience of you know doing live t- yeah. pay per views, I'm sure he has to be thinking, "Uh, guys, it's what are we doing? It's getting kind of late." <laughs> like. <laughs> How are we gonna have how are we gonna do these last two matches? So Ugh. But I think they're starting to feel it because as long as they take the sting thing, when it's done, it is immediately time for the next match.
0: Yeah. And this is match eleven. Yes, sir. Match eleven, it is Hollywood Hogan versus oh, the Warrior.
2: <laughs> eight eight years in the making.
0: Oh, yeah. And Hulk Hogan, of course, is cutting a promo to the camera on his way to the ring. <laughs> I'm the man, brother. I'm gonna take the warrior and break him in half, man. Uh it's not good. Um
2: it's yeah, he tells the camera guy, This is this guy is crazy, and I'm gonna kill him. It's like, <laughs> whoa, okay. <Like. laughs>
0: Alright. Yeah, we get replays of the headshot on Horace Hogan, and we're told that's the son of his deceased brother. Of Hulk Hogan,
2: let's just, let's just complicate things as much as possible with all this stupid yes. shit. um
0: And then, and then, go ahead. Go ahead. I you think know, you're going to say it. There's a sign that we're just going to focus oh. on by the camera. That oh calls yeah, bishop this bishop a retard and is oh, fo- focused on by the camera and then zoomed it because it's it's a multiple choice question. One of yeah. the answers is calling Bischoff retarded. And the yeah. last answer is D, all of the above. And it's circled a bunch. And we zoomed straight in on the D. And it's just yes. like, what are we doing here, guys?
2: Yeah, not great. Um Also, I'm pretty sure as this match was kind of just, as they were stalling, getting ready to start, the crowd's chanting Warrior sucks, aren't they? Yeah. Like, it sounds like the whole building is chanting yes. Warrior sucks.
0: Yeah, there's... There. This is an evenly split crowd here tonight with Hogan and and Warrior.
2: Yeah, that's probably being nice because it's got right. there's
0: there's like a lot of women and children that are very loud when the Warrior does things. That's true. But you're there right. is a big vocal Warrior anti fan thing going on.
2: Right. Yeah. So you got that going on. Aren't you glad you spent all that money, WCW?
0: <laughs> yeah. Warrior <True>. also has.
2: <laughs> I need to. I want to find it. Actually, he's got some stupid like. Promo. He cut at the beginning of his entrance music. What do you
0: mean? Like
2: he's got some long voiceover as his music starts.
0: I mean, him saying
2: nonsense about the universe and stuff, and (laughs) this whole long, (laughs) drawn-out thing. And I'm just like, that is another just not the warrior. Like, hey, what are a few things that we should definitely make sure he does, just so that we, you know, capture the best parts about him. I don't know. How about as soon as his music hits, he runs to the ring as fast as humanly possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Instead, we get some long. From the days of the past, we will rise to the you know. I it goes on completely. for like it goes on for like fifteen or twenty seconds, and then his music starts.
0: Oh, okay. It's just,
2: you know, it's not very. It's not really how the warrior works.
0: Like once he comes out, though, he runs. Like- yeah, but he
2: kind of. Yeah, but there's just he's got a long like pre-music you know yeah. he's
0: no i get you he's,
2: he's,
0: so you know no and, and once he comes out like hogan's stalling forever he's oh, yeah. standing around outside i'm like guys we have no time for any of this what are we doing hogan walks up to warrior who clocks him and the bell rings and the match finally gets underway the announcers talk of how great these guys look i was, I was gonna say man that is a shivani
2: staple he, I don't, it's his, it's his, I think his fail yeah. safe. Like, yep. I don't have anything to say. Look at how great their bodies. Like he's just <laughs> every, I feel like every match there's at least a 10 to 20 seconds spent from the announcers just talking about how great the, like the people look in the match.
0: Oh, absolutely. They trade, like a, excuse me. They trade full arm dragon twists as right. Tony calls them.
2: Yeah. Uh Hogan with the Greco Roman knuckle lock. That puts the warrior on his knees and kicks yes. him in the midsection. And I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen one go this long. This takes so long. That didn't happen in like nineteen fifty-four. Right?
0: Heenan in the middle of it is talking about the warrior.
1: Warrior trying to come back! When you think it's just a big mouth and a liar to cheat, you're right. But he can turn it up.
0: He doesn't have anything to add after that. Just think he's a liar and a cheat. You're right. He
2: could be talking about either one of them, really. It's hard to say. True. Uh, Warrior eventually fights out of this, delivers a slam, and clotheslines Hogan to the floor. Warrior would follow to the outside, and they fight around ringside. Warrior slams the face of Hulk into the guardrail and then slams him into the ring post. Uh, Ref gets taken out by Hogan on accident, uh, but then goes over and drops a knee on Nick Patrick. So... Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, Hogan's the bad guy.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Hogan laughs. The ref is down and Warrior now beaten by Hogan. Hogan calls for the troops and here comes the giant and the giant hits a big boot, but Warrior ducks it and the giant hit Hogan. It's, so the second time tonight, he's done that.
2: It's just what a, I mean, the giant, what a perfect prospect. You know, star written all over him. Yeah. And he is a stooge for Hogan. Yeah. Like, just another one of the guys that runs out and gets kicked in the face by people.
0: True. Very true. I didn't think about that. All right. Yeah, Stevie Ray
2: and Vincent get the same treatment. Uh Warrior covers Hogan, but the ref is still down. Uh, Hogan with an attack from behind and hits a back suplex for two. Hogan then takes off his weight training belt and beats the warrior with it and Mm -hmm.
0: chokes the warrior, uh, (laughs) rakes the eyes. Dude, when he's choking warrior with it, Nick Patrick pulls Hogan's hair to break it up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was very surprised by that.
2: It's a little (laughs) heavy-handed. Like, I'm always kind of for against the ref being physical with the rest. I just
0: didn't think anyone would be allowed to touch Hogan's hair.
2: Right. going to just pull right off. <laughs> um warrior then good lord like thinks he's like really clever and there's this little sequence where he rolls into the legs of Hogan and trips him but none of it looks smooth It all just kind of looks sloppy and not planned. Um Hogan would avoid the splash from warrior though. Uh warrior now takes the belt off Hogan and uses it you know himself and then one of the Infamous moments in the, in this match's history of awfulness. We get the Hogan fireball. Oh, jeez! Attempt here. Yeah. Something that he's done many times. Really? Well, I mean, I don't know. It's not like a staple, but I mean, it's, he should know how, I'm sure he knows how to do it. It's, he's okay. had it done to him. He's done it. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't think this is his first rodeo as far yeah. as, you know, like this, this spot goes and just, botches it man like there's what? a ziploc bag involved and <laughs> yes. a bunch of shit's in there and like just
0: i don't know was it supposed to be sopping wet because like it looks like it is dripping when he first I pulls think... it out and like I all th- the I... stuff falls out on the ground it looks like there's something yeah. dripping off the paper
2: i need to watch that self-destruction of the warrior documentary when he when he talks about this because he does there was it was something Went wrong, I think, with this, you know, the the stuff in general. So, but anyway, he like almost sets himself on fire. He did burn his mustache and his eyebrows when he did this. It
0: blows up right in his face as he's trying to finally (laughs) throw it away. (laughs) Just
2: (laughs) oh man, dude! The crowd at this point, like you just had fire, and I don't even know if they noticed. Like they Mm. are just staring at their feet at this point.
0: I just love that the announcers now have to be like they're just like, Man, can you imagine if he had hit the warrior with that? Oh, that would have been horrible.
2: <laughs>
0: no, instead he hit himself. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> when did Hogan start bleeding, by the way?
2: I don't know. When he was probably like, This sucks. I'm gonna just I'm gonna cut my forehead open and see if that helps. Warrior goes to the top rope, hits an axe handle. Warrior then comes off the second rope with another axe handle, and this is when Hogan is bleeding. I was like, so I guess it was devastating (laughs) axe handles from the Warrior.
0: Uh, Uh, But yeah. Hogan, low blow, right in front of the ref, and the ref says, you do that two or three more times, and you're out of here, mister.
2: Yeah, why does any of this matter?
0: Oh, Hogan with a leg drop, and here comes Horace Hogan with a chair, and Bischoff is standing on the stage behind him like he sent him out there. Yeah. And Warrior begins pumping up. His adrenaline's flowing, clothesline, another one, a third one. Hogan's bumping and feeding as much as he's going to at this age. Yeah, he's doing all right. Bischoff gets on the apron and just headlocks the ref. Horace (laughs) gets in the ring, hits the Warrior with the chair in, like, the kindest hit you've ever seen. The Warrior goes down, Hogan pins him one, two, three. Your winner is Hollywood Hogan.
2: Oh man. Like, ah, I always imagine that Bischoff added himself to this ending because of timing. He was, it was probably at this point when he was like, <laughs> Oh God, we have to go home right now. Like yeah. go, 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 go right now. Right this now. This
0: match at least needs to get onto the fucking show.
2: <laughs> yeah, Well, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> the aftermatch. I wish they would have done it. Like they just start pouring lighter fluid all over <laughs> the Ultimate yes, Warrior. They're
0: going to fucking immolate the Ultimate Warrior here.
2: <laughs> I was kind of all for it. Um, but security gets in the ring unfortunately and stops it. I just uh, love And that then, yeah, go ahead.
0: Like Tony is saying Tony Schiavone on the mic is just like this makes no sense. Hogan broke this man just days ago and now he comes and helps him win. And, yeah. and then like we see Hogan telling Horace, you passed the test and they hug. And I'm like, what is happening? But we and, have and, under five minutes remaining, by the way, for the main event yep. to get on the air at yep. this point.
2: And so, and so I understand why it happens this way, but it just felt really strange that the warrior gets no special like treat. We don't watch him like leave the ring. We don't watch oh. him stand because he's kind of playing it up a little bit in the yeah. ring as he realizes he's like covered in lighter and they just cut to a wide shot. And then I'll bet there's somebody just screaming at him, get out, get the fuck out of the (laughs) ring. Like,
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing that I don't understand about the way that Hogan like fucks around here, like him and Bischoff are standing around posing for the camera. And it's like, dude, especially with the way that you won this after the like bad flame thing, you win this match over the warrior. You're the bad heel. Like you get the fuck out of here. Like you run away after getting this win, and that allows then the warrior to hop up and run the fuck out, and then the show continues on, and it all makes sense storyline-wise, but instead we're doing Mm -hmm. this bullshit. Yep. With Doug Dillinger chasing him out of the ring, trying to light the man on fire.
2: That's the last you'll see of the Ultimate Warrior in WCW. That's good. And that's the last you'll see of Hulk Hogan in WCW until the finger poke of doom. (laughs) Gosh
0: oh man yeah and i love his hogan is leaving by the way he's holding his 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 weight belt up like it's a championship belt
2: right as he leaves they told him it was just to make keep him happy um and then we get a shot outside and a false start on ddp's music as i'm sure someone was like
0: would you just go oh i know man and i I thought that it's like you needed to go right then with the ddp music but the problem is we paid michael buffer and so we have to Mm -hmm. let michael buffer fucking talk (laughs)
2: Yep, I feel like that's exactly what happened. Someone was like, okay, go. Go music. And someone was like, no!
0: We have Buffer in the middle
2: of the ring. Like, oh, fuck. (laughs) So, yeah, that's match 12. The WCW Championship is DDP, the People's Champion, taking on the world champion, Goldberg.
0: Okay, quick question for you. Kevin Mm -hmm. Nash, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, all in matches before this. Bret Hart, in some sense, in the match before this. Yep. Do you think there was politicking backstage and a discussion that led to Michael Buffer calling this the WCW final match of the evening and not the main event of the evening?
2: Yeah, dude, I totally had that in my notes as well, because (laughs) there's no way in hell that that's an accident. There's no way. I've
0: never heard final match of the evening. That
2: that is absolute. Cause also what kind of blows my mind is that buffer didn't do the Hogan match.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why not have him do both?
2: Why not have him do both? But, yeah, no, you're absolutely 100% correct. I don't care what anybody else says. Bischoff (laughs) would tell you he doesn't remember on the podcast if Conrad asked him. Yeah, Um, They absolutely didn't call this the main event because of all the politics, I'm sure. Oh, man. But Yeah. And then he also names all the health commission, which there's, like, 20 of these people in Las Vegas, apparently. (laughs)
0: Like, we don't got time for this. I know. It's so long. He finally gets to his usual shtick. You know, for the millions watching around the world. And I was like, I'm glad he got that line in right now because there's a minute and 48 seconds remaining in the the feed right now. Yep. (laughs) Oh. And DDP, you got to love him, man. Total babyface mode here. The crowd is so behind DDP here. He comes out, goes all the way to stage right, all the way to stage left. He doesn't give a fuck about that. He's like, we're not going to make it into the ring anyways. Let's just do the match. (laughs)
2: You're not wrong about that. Yeah, he doesn't seem to matter or seem to care too much. Um so yeah, they have hit the three hour mark at this point, and Goldberg's music hasn't even started.
0: Yep, I have that exact note. I was like five four three two one, we're still in DDP's song, and yep. the the feed's gone.
2: And myself and my friend Donnie at his house in rural Indiana were watching when the pay per view feed cut off at this point. Oh shit. To which then, to then, which led to his mother enraged calling the cable company <laughs> and asking them what the hell happened to the pay per view. <laughs> like so many others out there, because yeah. that's something like they, they refunded. Wow. Almost, they refunded a lot of this. They lost, uh, they lost their ass on this show. Damn. And yeah, you know, they screwed that up. And then they played this match the next night on Nitro. And that was the last time they beat WWF in the ratings. Oh shit! Was the night they aired this match for free on Nitro because they <laughs> fucked it up at their pay per view the night before? <laughs> so that was pretty much the end.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah. and like, I don't know. Here, man, it, this is this is a match that I really am well, liking too. But it's... the match
2: is the match is great. Yeah, it's without question Goldberg's best match, and it's one of DDP's best performances as well mm-hmm. because of what he pulls out of Goldberg here. It's a great match.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so fans all on their feet, awaiting the entry of Goldberg, even the guy that had the Oldberg sign. Um The announcers are awkwardly in and out in terms of speaking. I think they're trying to figure out what's up as far as the feed goes, because yeah, they, they never mention it. No. But, but yeah, there's just like some downtime that's extra at this point. I imagine that they were
2: just probably... They probably were making sure they were on the air. Like, yeah. are we...
0: That's what, I was really surprised it? that, like, when they hit that three hours, that there wasn't even just a, are we still on? Like, just right. one of those kind of things. But, yeah. no, yeah, they're cause professional, be- I guess, because they're, they're at least muting themselves to that conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, Goldberg comes out with the security team, the whole pomp and circumstance. The
0: LVPD.
2: You know, crowd loves it. Uh Men go chest to chest.
0: Did they? <laughs> that is such a long walk through the MGM underbelly, by the way. Like, that is They go forever through here. We're just walking and walking. And Heenan's talking about how focused and concentrated DDP is in the ring. But yeah. I was just like, this is taking a long time here. But Buffer calls Goldberg the man who has captured something like no other in world wrestling history. Who's crushed 154 consecutive opponents without loss. And I was just like, oh, man, he's he's excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, good call for that from Buffer. Uh, Goldberg would come out and the men would go chest to chest. Page not intimidated by the undefeated Goldberg. Mm -mm. Um, Bell would ring and the men lock up. Goldberg showing his uh, superior strength, shoving DDP down to the mat repeatedly out of the lockup position. Oh, yeah. Uh, Page, though, would catch Goldberg with an arm drag and then the men lock up and tumble to the floor.
0: The fans are like. Leaping and whooping and hollering when the DDP hits that arm drag, like they're so excited. The first time he hits like offense on Goldberg, Um, it's awesome. Goldberg. Well, you know what the thing is is that I think
2: the people were ready for the streak to end tonight.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. And
2: instead, Nash probably took the reaction to the the crowd had on this night and made the call for himself at (laughs) Starcade because ah, well, you know they were ready for it at. Halloween yeah. Havoc, but they'll be ready for it at Starcade.
0: Probably true. Yeah, Goldberg's able to lock on his kind of like awkward-looking arm bar, uh, some short arm shoulder blocks, but Goldberg blocks a diamond cutter attempt from Dallas. Heenan encourages DDP to be patient and soften Goldberg up a bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're already off the air, kid. Take your time. <laughs> um, yeah, Goldberg has wrist control. Paige escapes the counter with a dropped toehold. Goldberg with a shoulder tackle that sends DDP between the ropes to the floor. Um Page, though, would pull the throat of Goldberg down across the top rope and then deliver a neck breaker inside the ring. Page with a Russian leg sweep gets a two count. DDP then grinds on Goldberg with a front face front face lock. Uh Goldberg, though, fights to his feet and hits a weird neck breaker thingy. <laughs> it was yeah. like a crossroads, but uh, I don't
0: know. Over
2: yeah, it was. It was a. I don't really know how to wrestle that well, and I got pushed to the moon anyway. Is what happens Is what that was.
0: <laughs> he follows it up with a sidewalk slam, though.
2: Yeah, uh, Goldberg then with a cross arm breaker, but Page manages to get a rope break. So again, this is one of, the, and this is one of the longest Goldberg matches, probably the longest.
0: And it's at this point that Tony Schiavone talks about how even NFL players are scared of Goldberg. I was like, even NFL players? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> They're so brave.
2: I know, right? Uh, Otherwise,
0: super kick by Goldberg, or a side kick as they like to call it. Uh, DDP dodges the spear in the corner, and Berg hits the post and tumbles to the floor.
2: Yeah, uh, Goldberg and Page then slowly make it to their feet. Page with a top rope clothesline for a two. Page then counters a power slam from Goldberg into a DDT, and both men are down. Before DDP signals for the diamond cutter. Uh, Goldberg though would hit a spear and both men are down once again. A Goldberg attempts a jackhammer, but he's too hurt and he just can't pull it off. And in one of the best moments, certainly in Paige's career, um, he counters the jackhammer into a diamond cutter and the fucking crowd goes nuts.
0: Oh, it's so fun, man. It's so good.
2: They, they were ready for it right there, man. Like, yep. That should have been the end of the streak, right
0: there. But DDP, I mean, he can't make the cover right away. He's He doesn't have the energy, and that allows Berg to kick out at two. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think if that would have been it, man, I don't think the fans would have been all that upset about it.
2: No. DDP attempts a suplex. Goldberg, though, this time counters that into a jackhammer. One, two, three, your winner and still undefeated world champion, goldberg
0: goldberg yep That son of a bitch but man i have my nose that was a damn good match like a great main event like oh yeah the crowd was super into it like i was i was enjoying the shit out of that but it's just so crazy the fact that it happens completely off this pay-per-view <laughs> like <laughs> can you even officially call it part of the pay-per-view or is this just like a dark match
2: I mean, to some degree, it's a dark match, really. (laughs) Um, You know, sadly, yeah. Because, like, I mean, absolutely.
0: And the the like, while you know, the announcers did a good job of just like staying with the show and like not ever making you realize that Mm -hmm. we're off the air or anything. The the production crew is done. They don't put up a a copyright. They don't play credits. The show just ends. (laughs) It's like the only time I've ever seen a WCW show do that.
2: Yeah, Um, yeah, they was. Just probably getting the hell out, man. At that point,
0: yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Afterwards, it's, Goldberg it's, it's raises a, yeah. up the belt and lifts up DDP with a good sport respect spot, and yep. uh, the crowd, you know, gives both of them kind of some some good love.
2: Yeah, because it's all it's all, it's unfortunate too. Because if this had been the last match on the show, it may have saved the legacy of this pay per view. Mm-hmm. You know, because people maybe would have remembered the really good DDP Goldberg match and they wouldn't all talk about the City Hogan Warrior match that also led to the pay-per-view cutting off. Like, it was just boom, boom, like bad, bad.
0: And there's just so much filler in this show.
2: Oh, it's ridiculous.
0: There's no reason to have half of this.
2: You would think this was a TV taping, and they were taping, like, weeks of television before the pay-per-view starts.
0: Yeah. Like, if I'm making a perfect version of this show, I cut out all the cruiserweight championship stuff, I instead yeah. keep the Raven Jericho match, even though it doesn't make any sense storyline wise, just because it was good. I keep yeah, that at match. the top, and then <laughs> cut everything until just after the cruiserweight match, and then just the rest of Seriously. it. Seriously, and that's it, it is.
2: That I mean, it is Thunder Saturday Night quality stuff, man. Yeah, I just that ends up forcing your main event to not be on the pay-per-view.
0: Yep. I have it in my notes, right? At, like you just said, it, WCB Saturday yeah. night, like Saturday and Lodi is Saturday night taping shit. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Oh,
2: oh, so, so, but yeah, a, a overall, probably not a good show, but it has a few diamonds in there.
0: Yeah. And way, way infinitely better than 99 would be.
2: Oh well, yeah. That's yeah. 99 is so much worse.
0: So now let's take a look at the individual matches, Tony. Second opinions, let's look at what Dave Meltzer has to say about this uh-huh. show. We'll start off with match number one, Chris Jericho versus Raven. What do you give this?
2: You know, listen, I might be a little too high on this, but I enjoyed it quite a bit, despite you know the fact that there's no build to it. But I still liked it, and I gave it three stars.
0: Dude, I was right there with you. I also really enjoyed this match. I, again, Mm -hmm. even though at the beginning I was like, why are we having this? But, right. It was fun. Um, and Dave Meltzer agreed. Three stars. Ding, ding, ding on the money. Look at that. What? What? Match Dose, (laughs) Wrath versus Meng. This had moments
2: of like a really fun Haas battle, you know, just like two Mm -hmm. big, meaty guys beating each other up. But it just, Never really amounted to much. Ming, I don't think, was in a great mood. I gave it half a star.
0: That's fair. I'm kind of right where you're at. Maybe less than that even. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't yeah. a big fan of this. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave it 0.75 stars. So a little oh. bit better than what you gave it. Disco Inferno versus Hoovy.
2: Again, unnecessary, but I'm not going to take unnecessary <laughs> into account for my star ratings. Yeah. Uh, these two guys actually worked fairly well together. Um, I gave it two stars.
0: All right, Dave Meltzer thought this one was just as good as the opener. Three stars for this one. Uh, Come on, Dave. He's a Juice fan. Um, That's two. Alex Wright versus Fit Finley. You know,
2: again, it's like, what is this doing here? But these two are very good at wrestling, and so they do a fine enough job here. I gave it one and a half stars.
0: Ooh, you and Dave Meltzer are very close this time. I'm pretty much right where you're at. 1.25 from Dave Meltzer. Oh, man. Right in the ballpark. Saturn and Lodi.
2: I gave it a Mercy quarter star.
0: Dave Meltzer, one quarter of a star. What?
2: Jesus. All right. Yeah.
0: Right there on the money. Kidman versus Disco Inferno.
2: Damn it, Disco. Like, I hate to say it, but another pretty solid match. Like you said, nothing special here because it's Kidman. So how could it be special? <laughs> uh, but I gave it two and a half stars.
0: Hey, 2.25 from Dave Meltzer. So, just a little bit better than that. Buff and Steiner versus Steiner and Giant. I and mean, I almost just
2: like rated this whole segment, but I'll, I did break them up. Um, the tag match, yeah. You give it one star. It's, you know, it, it never, it never really gets going to much to anything, Dave, but
0: Dave Meltzer combines them both. He doesn't count ah. these as two matches. So, go ahead okay. if you want to combine so them, one
2: star right. on that. And then the singles match I gave half a star because it was nothing.
0: <laughs> okay, well Dave Meltzer liked it a little better. He gave this two stars.
2: Okay, so, so I guess one and a half would be my total on that. So
0: yeah, um, Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash. You know, it's just a
2: beating from one guy and then a beating from another guy. But like we had said, the story is well done, and it's you know the crowd's into it. It's fairly compelling. Um, so I gave it one star. I kind better of better than I. Can.
0: Yeah, while, even while the story's well done, I kind of hate the ending. Like, I yeah. hate that Scott Hall wins this match and the crowd has to, like, deal with, like, they don't even get to celebrate with Kevin Nash. They're, Scott Hall's just out there. We just have sad Scott Hall losing, yeah. or winning a match. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, yeah. one, one star for me. One star's fair. I'm right with you. Dave Meltzer liked it a little better. He gave it two stars. So there you go. Well, there you go. Bret Hart versus Sting, tomato can Sting.
2: <laughs> yeah, listen, these two, the, you know, you, four, these guys could probably pull four or five out if they were motivated <laughs> or if they were in the right spot here. Um I thought even these two guys, maybe average, this was still three stars for me.
0: Dang, dang. I mean, I did enjoy this match a little bit more. I, I, I don't know if I was at three stars. I'd probably be about two or so, but Dave Meltzer did not like this. 1.5 stars. Oh, you, you can always
2: just tell with him when it's, Like he must not be a Bret Hart guy. Like it's just (laughs) something. Like, come on, dude. One and a half. Oh like when things take that hard of a turn, I know there's some some shenanigans.
0: Hollywood versus Warrior. Tony, what say you? Listen, I'm
2: I'm not gonna be over dramatic here and do something silly. I'm just gonna give this zero stars and say it is not worth your time.
0: I mean if you want to be over dramatic, you gotta go to Dave Meltzer, who went minus five five stars
2: did he do the minus yes. five on that one all right There's yeah. a
0: minus five from dave meltzer he hates this match
2: i mean listen there's nothing good about this match it's hard to go <laughs> minus five though you know what i mean yeah. like they they didn't do anything wrong necessarily
0: like is it jenna maraska bad or is it right just,
2: right you know hollywood yeah.
0: hogan fucking around bad yeah final match goldberg diamond dallas page what did you give it
2: I was really high on this match, liked it a whole hell of a lot. Maybe the best match of either man's. I gave it four stars.
0: Yes, I sit- I was sitting here holding a four, hoping that I would nah. be able to match up with you. I also gave it four. Dave Meltzer didn't quite think it was that good. He gave it 3.25, so still his best match of the night, but not quite a four. Better
2: bet if it happened in to the Tokyo down it would be four
0: stars. <laughs> Oh, man. Dave Meltzer had a pretty funny tweet. Uh, did you see his tweet about that? Uh The Tokyo Dome thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um yep. So on the show, on the Wikipedia, there's a lot of, like, response segment, and so I thought I would read some of this stuff here. Apparently, this card is infamous for featuring the uh match that we just have recently talked about with Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. Um, Wade Keller of Pro Wrestling Torch gave the bout his lowest dud rating. He lamented the poor in-ring action, the lack of crowd response, and declared that Hogan and Warrior don't have it anymore. Uh, wrestling Observer Newsletter editor Dave Meltzer awarded it a minimum score of minus five stars out of five, the single lowest ever for a WCW match, and readers of the publication voted it the worst match of the year. Readers of professional wrestling magazine Power Slam cast the exact same vote, worst match of the year. Editor Finn Martin later called it one of the worst matches that was ever held. The Standard Times dubbed it the worst match of the decade. Uh then WCW announcer Gene Okerlund described the contest as a disaster, <laughs> comparing it the WrestleMania 6 and Halloween Havoc 1998 bouts Warrior stated, "It's weird that my best match ever was with Hogan and at the same time my worst match ever was with Hogan." Hogan felt the contest was ruined by his botching of a spot that he himself devised in which he was supposed to throw a fire at the Warrior. Hogan instead lit the flash paper, and his own face burnt his mustache and eyebrows. This led to an improvised ending with Hogan's nephew, Horace, where he hit warrior with Sports Illustrated writer Luke Winkle called the most unsatisfying chair shot in history. Winkle also observed a lack of cooperation between the two combatants, who did not get along personally, and slammed the contest as a passive-aggressive wank fest. Hogan unequivocally said of the censured bout, it was my fault. Uh, Former WCW president Eric Bischoff conceded critical opinion that Hogan versus Warrior 2 was one of the worst matches in history. He admitted that it pretty much stunk up the joint. He, however, dismissed the notion that he had hired Warrior solely to lose to Hogan in return for Hogan's WrestleMania loss, (laughs) claiming that this was not true and that those who hold this belief are, quote, drinking their own Kool-Aid, end quote.
2: Very Bischoff thing to say. It is,
0: it is. Wrestle crap journalist Art O'Donnell and Finn Martin of Power Slam disputed Bischoff's claims, the latter writing that WCW hired Warrior at great expense in May of 1998, specifically to massage the Hogan ego. Warrior himself lamented, they used Ted Turner's checkbook to buy me to come back to lose a match to Hulk Hogan. It was repulsive to me when I finally realized it, and if I would have known, I never would have went back for all the money that they gave me. End quote.
2: Well, he's also insane. All these weird old timers are though. Like it, you know. (laughs) Don't forget, guys. It's not real. Like all. It's just when you hear those guys talk like that, it's like, yeah. uh, Just
0: you couldn't pay me to lay down for
2: him, right? Like, oh god, you guys know that's not the point, right? Oh, so yeah, that's yeah. I mean, just a historically bad all-around moment for WCW and and Mm -hmm. um. You know, we've talked about this many times and this is just another one of those. You can point at this night as the nail in the coffin or the beginning yeah. of the end, you know, where it's, you know, you can go back as far as Starcade 97 when they botched the Hogan Sting thing. And, you know, it's <laughs> the thing they built so well and then they kind of tore it down. And then yeah. so they stumble into Goldberg and they manage another solid year and then they screw that up by the end of 98. So it's just. All bad, and you do all this bending over backwards, and you do all this, you know, bending the will, bending to the will of your top paid performers, and then, guess what? When the waters get rocky, they're all gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then you, you have your last two years, you know, that we you deal with. So it's, it's tough, man. This it's a it's a sharp decline.
0: No, there's better Halloween Havocs out there. Go watch some of the early to mid '90s halloween havoc over this one um at least fun fun. yes yeah but that tony is our thoughts on halloween havoc 1998 but we have to continue on we have another show to do next week and we mentioned before that it is a request that we are doing next week and Uh, so uh. i will just go ahead and say it's from nathan moore the request and so big thanks to him for sending this in but he requested that we check out this year's g1 finals and see who is the winner and who might be headed to the Tokyo Dome should they be able to defend their right to do so throughout the rest of the year.
2: That's right, yes. So uh, we will t- accept your mission, sir, and watch the New Japan G1 Finals. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Which should be a lot of fun. I believe, what is the, uh, the finals match?
0: It is Sonata versus uh, Kota Ibushi. Ah, yes. I, so. I can't say I'm super psyched for Sonata being in this match because he just hasn't been there for me throughout this tournament. No. But
2: I think I think we've also got Naito and Evil, if I remember right, for the title. I think I that's believe. taking place, yep. Okay, so yeah, it should be, should be a solid good time. No, I'm so very join excited to see week. the
0: rest of the card, definitely. I mean, I'm sure that main right. match will be great. I just, Sonata has never really quite quite got there for me. I don't know what it is about no. the guy.
2: But no, I... I I didn't want to be negative yet, but you're right. I'm not exactly excited about
0: that. (laughs) So that's where we're heading next week. The G1 finals. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure it'll be way longer than the rest of the G1 has been because the New Japan loves to do that every time we say we're going to review a show. So we'll check that out. We'll talk about it next week. But in the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so on two places, both Facebook and Twitter. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search for the name of the podcast. On Twitter, it's at GrappleCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Deadpool1205.
2: You can follow me, Tony G., at Beyond Sanity nineteen,
0: and we'll catch you next week for the G one thirty finals. I want you to hear this. <laughs> okay, this is my uh, Hulk Hogan supercut. Oh boy, Hollywood N W White.
3: He wasn't ready to be an N W White just to prove you have to be worthy to be an N W White. I drew the line on what it takes to be an NWOite. Like the rest of the NWOites, you will know exactly what I'm all about and where I'm going.
0: Those are all from that one promo. Good Lord, man. Like,
2: (laughs) what is he even getting on about? It's Uh, ridiculous. It's such a
0: terrible name. NWOites? That was what you came up with? Like that's He's that's where I'm just that's totally where I understand where like Sting Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are like we're gonna distance ourselves from this and make a whole new group.
2: Exactly, you're not cool at all. <laughs> okay, so we have um, officially entered the new era of Raw, apparently, as they have a new theme song. Yeah, skillet song is dead. Yeah. They've moved on already.
0: Now, you had sent me a text got... that they had a new theme song, and then I forgot mm-hmm. to like look it up. So... Right. <laughs> I'm curious. I mean, it's is it is it similar to the Skillet song? Is it as plodding yeah. as the Skillet song was? Because I got used to the Skillet uh... song at 1.5, and now every time I listen to it regular, I can't handle it.
2: I think it's like a hip-hop-ish song. I can't remember oh, exactly. Okay. Like, it was... Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't just like another kind of skillet like song at least not yet yeah. you know not that they won't go and back they to that at some point they
0: didn't go full classic rock like they did with the uh the smackdown side
2: <laughs> no not quite they didn't go no that one still i was honestly i think people just aren't paying enough attention to care when they revealed the new smackdown open and seth rollins replaced kofi kingston as like the giant person like mm-hmm. walking on the screen I was like oh god I like the internet's <laughs> gonna be so mad that Seth Rollins is in that spot
0: now <laughs> probably probably
2: but I I actually didn't see much of it I'm sure it was out there though but as soon as I saw it I was like oh you had to pick Rollins you I just did... had to pick Rollins
0: see the only thing I even saw about the Smackdown intro theme was um I believe Sami Zayn's tweet just about how he was just like the the entirety of the WWE lives to disrespect me is what he posted. <laughs>
2: Yes. Poor Sammy, somehow, some way. Um, but yeah, I only I only go back to Raw because there were developments uh that didn't really have any follow up on the pay-per-view aside from more just burying of retribution.
1: Oh, but of um
2: we actually opened the show with Alexa Bliss in the ring, who introduced the fiend. So this is the you know the big oh man, it's the debut of the fiend on Raw. Yeah. And uh wouldn't you know, here comes Retribution. <laughs> but this is the new retribution. Um, and the lights go out. And they come back on. The fiend has disappeared. And so here comes hurt business. So whatever. So, you know, a little trickery there. No big deal. Hurt business then beats retribution in an eight man tag. And then, and then after the tag team match, the fiend lights thing happens and the lights go out and they come back on and the fiend standing on the apron with the rest of retribution. Like he's a part of the tag team match. And then he destroys all of the members of retribution single-handedly.
0: Goodness. I don't understand this. I don't, I don't get like, they would have been better off just completely ignoring it that week that they had to have, like all of them go home because of COVID issues. They would have been better off just dropping it then and dealing with the fallout of people being upset about them yet again, dropping another storyline then they would have yep. been doing this, where they're going to just ground it into powder on the ground and make sure that we all don't care at all about it before they finally get rid of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just... And then it would go on later in the night. You'd get a, a promo from Ali, which I just didn't think was didn't help. You know, it says, we have no idea how much chaos that he can create, and all he needs is a laptop. And then in, like, one of the most, like, blatant, like, covering our ass... Bad writing moments. He's like, "Oh, and I was the SmackDown hacker," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah." We all kind of assumed so much, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, he keeps talking about all the plotting and the backstabbing, and that they're gonna, you know, reveal the world for what for people what they I you don't know all this shit where it's like this is just bad. <laughs> and then at the pay per view, just while we're on the topic of retribution here, yeah, at the pay per view on the pre show, Mustafa Ali told MVP. He challenged him to a, a one-on-one match. He could pick any member of Retribution to fight any member of Hurt Business, which is like, why would MVP even do that? Yeah, like,
0: yeah, just don't have that match.
2: But he does. MVP does, <laughs> and he picks Bobby Lashley to put his US title on the line against Slapjack. <laughs> so saw- the most like generic <sighs> one of the bunch, yeah, is gonna get a, you know, a US title shot. I mean, it wasn't a squash match, but it wasn't really all that close. Okay. And then Bobby Lashley made him tap out to the Fool Nelson. Oh, goodness. And then Retribution <laughs> and then Retribution attacked, and Bobby Lashley beat them all up single-handedly.
0: So before- they got beat up twice on this show? Yeah. Like, single-handedly? No, no, no. That's at the pay-per-view. Oh, the, that was Bobby the pay-per-view. Lashley gotcha, stuff gotcha, was at gotcha. the pay-per-view. Okay,
2: okay. The Fiend stuff was on Raw. The Fiend wasn't at the pay-per-view. Oh, my goodness. So I just... Can't even at this point. Like, Poor I don't Mustafa know. Mustafa
0: Ali, man, way to get, like, attached to this literally, like, the week they give up on it. <sighs> yeah.
2: But- yeah. But then you also have this, the dynamic where the Hurt Business are supposed to be baby faces, right? It seems like they're baby faces in this whole thing. But then they're doing things like being mean to Titus O'Neil. <laughs> like, he asked if he could be a part of the Hurt Business. It was actually really sad. <laughs> uh, he, he wanted to be a part of things, and they just said no, and then they beat him up.
0: That's why he should take lessons from MJF. You don't you don't just ask to be a part of something, because then they can turn you down. Yeah. You have to make it very, you know, will I, won't I sort of a thing.
2: Uh, yeah, you're not wrong about that. Um, we had a Firefly Funhouse, because now it's on Raw. Um, he's going to be a better friend to Ramblin' Rabbit. Uh, you know, mon- we get a montage of him killing the rabbit. <laughs> um, but Alexa Bliss joined the show as well. It says the fun is just getting started in a very over the top happy way. So,
0: I mean, where, what like, are you, where are you with the fiend and Alexa Bliss as like a pair now moving forward?
2: I mean, I think it's awesome. Like, I think if they play their cards right, they got something really special there.
0: Yeah. Well, that's you good.
2: know, you got, you gotta, you know, but it like so many other things. It's, it's a delicate balance though of how. Yeah because they they need to reign you know what i mean like it's it you have your you know you have your king and queen uh, if you if you want of you know the show you know they're reigning over raw they they need to dominate you know and so we'll see if that
0: the question is allowed to happen the question then becomes how do you keep him away from the title
2: right well that's the thing i don't know (laughs) like you have to have there has to be higher stakes you have to find something bigger than the title or, you know, he just wins the title. That's also, I don't think, you know, something that's, that's necessarily off the table, especially with what happened at the pay-per-view. So, I mean,
0: it just seems like with the way that the smack didn't, I get the sense from various, you know, listenings here and there that it doesn't seem like the company was super happy with his last title run as far as being the champion. And it didn't seem like that character worked well as a champion and so like you said i think that they're, they'd be better off to find bigger stakes to to go ahead and have him be after instead of just being the top guy you know yeah and i mean the champion thing i don't know
2: if like, he was like oh the, you know it doesn't need the belt it's like, it doesn't need the belt but it's a nice like chip as yeah. like a sign of dominance too you know like that's true maybe don't put him in a feud where he's fighting braun Strowman in a fucking swamp that also <laughs> would probably go a long yeah. way and making it not seem so ridiculous That's and true. don't do, and don't do the Bray Wyatt shit. That's the other thing that they, they love to do is, Oh, he's defending the title as Bray Wyatt this week. It's like, what? Yeah. Oh, you you know? So yeah, it's like, he's the, he needs to be the fiend, but
0: I can see. So that. Anyway, yeah.
2: No, I like it. I I'll, I'll be very interested in seeing what happens um, moving forward with the two of them. But um, yeah, it seems like it's being very well received. So nice. We will see what happens. Um, yeah, that's one of the raw things. Um AJ Styles now has the giant raw underground guy as his uh personal bodyguard, which I love the look of that. Nice. I don't know if you saw any of that, but I mean it's
0: better than guarding that door from no one since you're just allowed to go in anyways. <laughs> that's right. So <laughs> but it feels like I thought I saw something too
2: that like this is I think this like might be the beginning of a pretty big AJ Styles push. So oh, okay. Which I'm always here for and happy to see.
0: Oh, I'm totally here for a big AJ Styles push. I just wish they would stop forcing you to watch it on television. When it comes to the pay per view thing, like I don't. uh, Hopefully, now that he's on Raw, that has been fixed. But I don't know. Was he? Was his? Did his match get moved to the to the the SmackDown or Raw? He was not with
1: the pay per
2: view. He fought Matt Riddle on Raw. That was. I don't get it. I don't either. No, he's the yeah he's the king of free TV for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, non Hell in a Cell related things that happened on SmackDown. We had a KO show with Daniel Bryan. Uh, Bryan mentioned that he thinks the IC title should be defended every week. More on that later. You can imagine someone wasn't too happy. Um, and KO then tells Daniel Bryan that he wants to be partners and go for the tag team titles. You know, can you believe I've never been the tag team champion? KO said to Daniel Bryan. Bryan, of course, is hesitant, saying, "You know, you've turned on all of your friends.
0: <laughs> like, there's not been one person that's worked out well with him."
2: And KO was like, "Ah, you know, no, don't think, don't, don't think about that. Like, don't, don't worry about that." Um, <laughs> and then here comes Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Their disrespect, you know, typical Dolph Ziggler, awful shit. Um, they're upset about not being talked about. The street prophets came out, then Cesaro and Nakamura came out, and the Eight Men went chest to chest, and they had an Eight Man Tag, and the good guys won. So yeah, and it's fun, fun stuff. You got some Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, good times. I love the um,
0: was it was this the moment that then would lead to the Fist Me Boys. Yes. Okay, yes. cuz that's what I this... I saw that video of Daniel Bryan and I just couldn't help but like laugh. Like he makes me want to tune into Smackdown. When I hear him going Smackdown's that's the great. best. Like that makes me want to oh. tune in cuz it's just he's so over the top and goofy.
2: no he's great. Uh yeah, the stuff with him and KO celebrating with the street profits was awesome. That then led to Sami Zayn confronting Daniel Bryan and basically <laughs> saying like didn't appreciate it too much about him speaking about the Intercontinental title like that and <laughs> as long as Sami's the champion, he's going to do things his way he's not going to be defending the belt every week. So there you go. There nice. you have it. Um, another interesting development on the SmackDown brand. Shorty G is no more. I'm actually all, still a little confused by all this. Um, he's upset he wasn't drafted to either Raw or SmackDown. And he called out Lars. And Lars beat him, of course. <laughs> um, and then after the match, he got a microphone. And he said, I quit. Backstage, Adam Pierce, the king of Raw and SmackDown, um, asks Chad if he... Are you, did you actually quit? He says, no. I'm done being Shorty G. He's done being a punching bag. He says, people can't achieve everything they want. That's crap, you know? The only, only people that can achieve everything they want in life are Olympians and champions like me and uh, Chad Gable. So I guess he's back to being Chad Gable and he's a heel. <laughs> oh, Sure I mean, it wasn't was, bad. It was just like, what was the fucking point of all that other crap then?
0: That's, so that's the thing is like, it can be fine as long as they've got an idea of what they're doing with them, but when they changed them to Shorty G, they didn't have an idea what they were doing with them, so I don't necessarily have confidence they do this time either.
2: No, I don't either. Um, quite an interesting episode of NXT this week as well. Um, some happenings, some developments, the new thing on NXT that I'm sure makes some people happy out there, although they'd rather probably not see him at all, is the dream just gets beat up every week and, like, brutally beaten up (laughs) by just different people. It seems to be groups of people. But for I just feel like every week there's a segment of the dream being beaten to the point where he screams, like, actually a little bit over the top. But anyway, this
0: this is building towards a storyline, or is this just Triple H... (laughs) using his own way of that. He was punished for the curtain call is how he's going to punish <laughs> the dream for his issues right. online.
2: He's going to have a hog fin match with Cameron Grimes in coming weeks. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know, but yeah, this week it was Tommaso Ciampa beating him up. Um The triple threat match opened. The show was really good. Actually. Kushida actually got the victory over Velveteen dream and Tommaso Ciampa. Nice. So jeans Kushida with that edge of his has been on a tear lately. Uh, Ember Moon beat Jesse Kamea. Um, Ember Moon's kind of a werewolf. I thought that was gone, but then this week she was wearing the like <laughs> the fur again. Yeah. But they got but they got rid of her spooky music, and so I'm kind of confused. And she's saying things like Mama's gonna get her title," so that also kind of is a okay bit of a character turn from yeah. the howling lady. <laughs> so, I don't know. She's. I feel like she's in a little bit of a transition right now, and they met, you know maybe needs to. Figure out what she's doing exactly, but uh, either way, Dakota Kai attacked her after the match, and that was good stuff. So, nice. Um, NXT Undisputed Era is supposed to be getting uh, NXT tag team title shot tonight, but we see Bobby Fish has been taken out backstage by an unknown assailant. So, oh no, what's happening? Um, we had another guy who I think very clearly has been getting, uh, I don't know. Handled in at least their way, whether that's the way people want him to be handled. Austin Theory lost to Bronson Reed twice on this episode of NXT. Hmm. Uh, Bronson Reed beat Austin Theory. He then got on the mic and said he is the future of the WWE, and he's done more. He's 23 years old, and he's done more in a year than Bronson Reed's done in his 15 years. And he tells him to get back in the ring. So Bronson Reed (laughs) gets back in the ring and beat Austin Theory again. And All right. That was the end of that. Then we see Austin Theory leaving the building, and he said he quits. So it's just a week of people quitting. Everyone's just <laughs> losing matches and quitting. The Zia Lee stuff—I've kind of brought it up. I don't know what the hell's going on with this, but that Boa guy's been hanging around, handing her letters, and she's desperately needs matches she, and needs to win. It she's seems still like. getting
0: the letters though, but they haven't revealed what's in the letters. Is that the case?
2: Uh, nothing that I've seen. So uh, this week, Casey Cat Nazaro is doing an interview. Uh, Zia Lee interrupted her and challenged her and says, this is the biggest match of her career and she has to win. And it's like, okay, I mean, it's Casey Catanzaro. Say, Casey's
0: but... not really a, a high stature competitor, but okay.
2: <laughs> it seems like she just has to win anything. Just beat anything. Ah. Uh, Legado del Fantasma defeated Swerve, Ashanti the Adonis, and Jake Atlas in a six-man tag. It was really good stuff. Uh, Joaquin Wild actually got the victory for legado del fantasma after uh santos escobar had kind of uh you know almost lost it for his team so the the leader looking a little bit weak there now um, what is this
0: faction name again because you keep saying it very quickly
2: legado del fantasma
0: okay because for, oh. for a long time i thought that, that was just the dude's like mask name and then when he took the mask off he revealed his real name and then we were just continuing no. to call them by both <laughs> it's very confusing.
2: No, I, yeah i know it's all very confusing um, but yeah, no, solid stuff there. Cruiserweight division in decent hands. We go to the Gargano house for what's been a one of the highlights of NXT in we- the recent weeks. Uh, and they've built a mock spin the wheel, make the deal that they were practicing, practicing on. Practicing spinning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Johnny spins first and it lands on Buried Alive. And he's like, yeah, see, this wheel wants me to die. He hates wheels. That's his new thing, too. Like, you know I hate wheels. Like, he... <laughs> He hates wheels. Um, He lands a buried alive. Candice landed on, like, a trick-or-treat street fight. And she's like, I'm okay with that. I'm undefeated in street fights in NXT. And then Johnny's like, all right, I'm going to try and spin again. And this time he landed on a casket match and freaked out again about how the wheel wants him dead. Nice. And he's not happy about any of this. So that was that. Um, Roderick Strong also has been taken down. So Fish and Strong are down. Uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch offer Kyle O'Reilly to be their, you know, one of them to be his partner, but he says he's going to the hospital to be with his friends. And so, since they lost the number one contenders match last week, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch have been given the tag team title shot. More on that. Casey Catanzaro beat Zia Lee. I don't know what that means, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> Lee freaked out and beat her up afterwards. And so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, then in the main event. Oni Larkin and Danny Birch beat Brizongo to win the NXT Tag Team Championships.
1: Damn.
2: Yeah, a masked assailant shoved Fondango off the top rope in the closing moments. Danny Birch used a low blow to gain the advantage. The mystery man was revealed to be none other than Pat McAfee. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Who raised the hands uh, of Oney Lorcan and Danny Birch, So
0: I like Oney Lorcan and Danny Birch. I don't want them to be attached uh, to Pat McAfee.
2: He's apparently uh, the man that's been behind the attacks on Adam Cole and the whole Undisputed of course. Era, well, so. I
0: mean, at least that makes somewhat, you know, there's the connection there, but
2: right. goodness. I know. I know. I know. Speaking of, of
0: masked men that have been revealed, did you see the reveal from the last day of the A Block of New Japan?
2: Uh, go on. I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the the,
0: the new Will Osprey faction.
2: Yeah, with the Khan guy. The
0: yeah, I don't know what his new name is. It was Oka. It was the the young boy that was Oka was his last name for yeah before he went on his excursion. But apparently he excursioned to Britain, where those are the ones that just disappear on me because I don't know anything yeah. about what's going on in the Britain. Right, scene. right.
2: No, I understand.
0: And so I it was one of those things where when he popped up, I was like, "He looks familiar." I can't figure out who this is. And then you know, Kevin Kelly said his yeah. his old name, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'm glad that this guy's back." So this is kind of exciting. Now, you know, no, say told- what you will about the idea of Will Osprey and B being a like a head of a, a faction, but I mean, it's, it's an I'm, interesting I'm intri- thing. I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, CC very intrigued, as you yes. know, probably on highly question.
2: Like I, I'm interested. because in it's, it, it's also what the it's what Osprey has to do. You know what I mean? Like if he's yeah. going to like develop a fully rounded developed character in his life, other than mm-hmm. just being a really awesome wrestler, you know, this is something he needs to be able to pull off. Yeah. Like, cause you're not going to be the top baby face. You are like no. six pieces, six down in the pecking order of that. Shit. And
0: you're third down four, third or fourth down just in your faction. Cause he was a chaos right. member.
2: Right. Exactly. So, you know, go be a bad guy. Don't join the bullet club. They got plenty of, you know, don't, don't need any more of yeah. that. Um, yeah, see how this goes. See what happens. I'm I'm interested, um, and obviously, I think it says a lot about you know how people feel about him in the company, and certainly how Mister Okada feels about him. Yeah, um, that he kind of seems to be the guy that's getting this over or going to help get this over. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's Definitely. a pretty big statement there.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I thought that you know their match together was was really good, and afterwards, it kind of helped flesh out a little bit more of this character because I'd kind of dogged on the fact that it seemed like. You know, he just made this turn. He just came back. Suddenly, he's just, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. And that was it. And it's like, it's not really there for me. I wasn't really liking the promos. But when it's a part of a group and there's, you know, some other members and stuff and like he's got this personal rift against Chaos specifically because Okada held him down. Like, that's that's a storyline I can get behind. I can get interested in that. So I'm excited.
2: And, you know, when Kushida makes his return in a year or so, it'll be great to see him take on the heel
0: of Will Ospreay. So. True, <laughs> although Will Osprey's technically, you know, he's a heavyweight now, and I don't know that I want Kushida I fight know, those understand. guys. Um, that was the whole reason he left.
2: <laughs> but Kushida, Kushida wears jeans now, and when he comes back in his jeans tucked into his there boots, it's go. gonna be a totally different character. There you go. Um Mites, DP, the number one contenders tournament yeah. was going hot this week. Wardlow picking up a victory over Jungle Boy Jr. with the comment: "Big athletic men sell tickets." So it's always good to know that Jr's <laughs> mentality on the wrestling business hasn't changed, regardless yeah. of how he tries to dude Jr.
0: JR's so excited for this potential, like, Brock lesnar light that they've got here in Wardlow. Um, uh, he's okay. He's fine. I thought this match was great. I thought this oh, was, yeah. you know, between two young guys that they have a f- potential mm-hmm. future for, I thought these guys put on a heck of an opener. And, like, overall, I thought this episode of Dynamite was just really well done. Oh. Like, it was one of the better ones that I've seen in yeah. a long time.
2: No, this was an outstanding episode of Dynamite from top to bottom, really. I mean, it helps when you have a tournament. four tournament <laughs> matches. Yeah, <laughs> it always helps. Um, I would have liked to have seen Jungle Boy get the win here Yeah, and then seeing him and Paige have a semifinals match. I think that would have been kind of a good one to see. But anyway, um, holy hell, John Moxley cut one of the best promos of his career, uh, talking mm-hmm. about Eddie Kingston, his friend Eddie Kingston. Uh, he's going to make him say, I quit. He'll either get his friend back or he'll end him.
0: Well, like, did did they cut part of, of Kingston's promo last week or did they just show it all again? Because I thought that I had missed some of it from what they showed this week when they were doing the replay just before Moxley's video.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I had missed... Yeah, it cut off. It cut off last week, I think, before Kingston was. was done.
0: Okay, because, yeah. yeah, they replayed and they just kept playing. I was like, man, this is going on really deep. And once I started listening to what Kingston was saying there, I thought, hell, yeah. holy shit, like, what a promo from him. Yeah. And then to immediately have the answer from Mox... Like you said, these yeah. two are some of the best talkers well, at the top of their game right now.
2: Yeah. Well, Kingston had the response later in this show. Like yeah. Moxley does this, and then Kingston well, talks later. So well, I'm late. talking.
0: I'm talking about the video that starts Mox's video. Yeah, yeah. From Kingston got from you. last week. I right. His promo last week. I mean, his promo this week was good, but his promo yeah. from last week, where he was just laying out his grievances of Mox leaving, and talking shit about that and, like, talking about where he was left, you know, while Mox is out getting his, you know, million dollars and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because there's such, there's a kernel of truth there, and that's what always oh, is yeah. kind of the best parts of wrestling. And, like, I had sent a text, I think it was to Sean that I was texting about it. it might have been even you as well. I, I kind of, sometimes I'll send the same text to both of you guys if it's an opinion on wrestling. Um But... One of the things that I'd said was, you know, I learned about Eddie Kingston selling his wrestling gear like just a year ago. Like he sold Mm -hmm. the gear that he was wrestling in at the time. The next time he got booked, he had to buy new gear and show up with like not great gear that first show because he didn't have it. And like there's that was how close he was with paying bills that he was having to sell that kind of stuff. And, you know, now to have this big turnaround here is such a great thing. And I love the way that they twist it into this storyline and why his character is the way he is. Like, I loved, like you said, his response right back to Mox later in the show is Mm -hmm. so fucking good. Just him being like, you're 100% correct. Everything you said was true, and it's because of you that I'm this way. You know, like, I love that.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, he's never, yeah, and Eddie would say later in his response that he's never quit in his life, and he's not giving up on the seventh. It's just kind of interesting that we have this angle going on along with the I quit match between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Yeah. As it's a very similar, like, I'm not going to say I quit. You're going to have to kill me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, I, don't, I don't think they do this stuff on purpose, but it does happen. Oh, yeah. Um, the second number, uh, tournament match of the night, Kenny Omega squashes Sunny Kiss. Mm-hmm. I mean, a legitimate V trigger, one winged angel into the match.
0: I mean, the story is the, the character progression of Kenny. They added. Oh, yeah. I know. Dancing girls on the stage with brooms and <laughs> he's got like a, yeah. a, like, old school like was was it fucking glacier that had that like shadow thing that he had there as he was standing behind the thing you know the announcer going way over the top with all of his you know accomplishments it's one of those things where you know when they first started kind of changing the character i said the same thing about will osprey they both had kind of the same direction at the same time right but when i saw what they were doing here i was a lot more interested in where they're going with this kenny omega thing
2: absolutely yeah no it's can't wait to see it I wish they would have just booked him and Paige to have a match at full gear, but we'll do this tournament and then they yeah. can have their match at full gear. <laughs> yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. And uh, it's uh, something that could go either way. You know, it could really could go either way. Like mm-hmm. Kenny can lose and just further descend into madness. Yeah. You know, it can be another almost there moment for Paige and now back to the drawing board for his character. So uh, an important match. We'll see what happens, and they could throw us a curveball, but I doubt it. um We get an interview with Orange Cassidy. We talked about his draw last week and did the Belichick, which I hate the Patriots too much to laugh at Bill Belichick jokes. So.
0: <laughs> I did like the. I saw someone put a picture together of just like Orange Cassidy and Bill Belichick's, uh, you know, body, <laughs> yeah. which was entertaining.
2: He got, yeah, t- he gave the. Uh, we're on to Cincinnati, and then Shivani said, "We'll be in Jacksonville next week." And he just said, "Whatever." <laughs> Uh, And then Cody with the getting out of his car interview that this guy just watches the WCW stuff on the network and then just comes to work and says, hey, guys, I'm going to drive with my car and we're going to do the out in the parking lot interview thing like my dad used to do.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, like, as I I, I, that is completely vanished from my memory of this show. (laughs) I completely forgot that that even took place. It was
2: it was brief. He just did the he did the politician thing. That's the thing about the Cody character. Is this what Cody thinks a good person acts like? Or is this Cody playing the politician yeah. over the top, swarmy good guy character? Who knows? You know? it's <laughs> right. It's tough to say because when you think you start to figure it out, I think he just changes his mind. Like you, you yeah. may have been right. And then he changed his mind. So, uh, anyways, he's, you know, of course, AEW wants a rematch and he still has the champion advantage. So looking forward to that fun stuff. Uh, Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix beat Pentagon. Mhm. Uh, the tournament match. Kingston on commentary. Good stuff. DP, do you see the news?
0: Dude, it's every single time with Phoenix that they have done anything with him. Every time he's gotten hurt immediately.
2: Because he's he's gonna have to find an in between. Yeah. With, yep. with his in ring. Because he's amazing, but he right. can only
0: do it like once every six yeah. months. Because he gets injured every time he does yeah. it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a Jim Ross line, you know. But like, the best ability is availability yeah yep. you know and if you can't be there it doesn't matter how <laughs> many flips you can do and it doesn't matter how fast you can do things
0: yeah
2: ah you know it's just because even when he won this i was kind of like wow you know i i, I would have thought pentagon but mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to omega and phoenix then i was like ah shit okay yeah but they again kingston and his magic like they made that little quick video for social and it like already made things like you know of him Explaining, you know, why it has to be Pentagon, and you know, it's, oh, this nice. is okay, you know, and yeah, they I did like seen a that video. video. so
0: Okay,
2: yeah, they did a little thing. Nice. Um, the dark interview, the Dark Order interview was funny. Uh, Alex Reynolds talks about their work for this, and when Caban is talking, John Silver doesn't want to hear any of it. And <laughs> did you see that when John, John, Silver. John Silver just fired off on Colt and says that, <laughs> you know, what do you mean we're not a- we're all under pressure? And like, you know, it was just like, like had a meltdown.
0: Oh, dude. John Silver's one of those guys that I just, he continues to every chance that they give him. He is hitting it out of the park. Oh yeah. And like, he's great. He's so good, man. He's so good. No, he is. I, I saw, um, I think Adam, it was, I know it was, it was in the main event tonight. Yeah. He's got a great like heat up part where he just kind of goes yeah. off all the way around the ring. And it was awesome.
2: Yeah. Adam page beat Colt Cabana in the last number one contenders uh, first round matchup. I, I don't know what that means for Colt. Probably isn't good. We'll see what happens. Um Probably trouble, though. Ultimately, trouble.
0: Yeah, but it was uh, another Taz, fun... You know, it wasn't like a, a crazy, you know, technical masterpiece, but it was just a fun matchup. Right. I I always enjoy any time that they give Colt Cabana time to have a singles match.
2: Totally. Uh Taz came out with Starks and Brian Cage and complained. That's pretty much the segment. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had... I'm, I'm skipping over something because I'm coming back to it. Britt Baker beat Kylan Ray. Listen, this is another problem that you have when you... This is also your single women's match of the segment of the week, folks. Um mm. when you don't have any underbelly of like women that you're doing anything with, you end up with this stuff where everybody that they fight, this Kylan Ray girl was 0 and eleven in twenty twenty.
0: Yeah. yeah. She just lost to fucking uh what's her name? Brandy on Dark. Right. Like right. the day which, before.
2: Right, which of well, you know, because <laughs> brandy 'cause Brandy's gotta get that singles record up there uh. just, for her for her future title shot. Yeah. Have you noticed that I, I won't to talk about this, like the Brandy just curse continues like the stay away from Brandy. Because do you see the bunnies back with the butcher and the blade?
0: Well, yeah, but I mean that one, they, they laid that one out with the story of at least, well, I'm just saying you know, though, that Eddie telling him to get went, his house in order or whatever.
2: Yeah. But that went nowhere yeah. with Brandy and the, but I mean, it just, that just ended because mm-hmm. that's just how everything with Brandy works. It just ends and people move on. <laughs> yeah. So far. So now they're like, listen, just go have singles matches and maybe you won't hurt anything.
0: Yeah. I saw a post online on Reddit this week where they posted like uh, back and forth from that match with Kalen or whatever. And they're like, look at how great or how much better Brandy has gotten. it's like, guys, like this also still isn't great. And it really (laughs) looks like Kylan's doing a lot of the work. And like the big thing that like I saw one person point out and it was the exact comment that I was going to post if they hadn't Mm -hmm. already said it. Um, was the fact that, like, when you watch it, when you watch her move around the ring, she's still got the arms out to the side in, like, T position, yes. and she's still got yeah. the awkward steps in between everything. And it's like, that's yes. the biggest thing. You can't be smooth in the ring until you get rid of that.
2: Oh, and, like, she's almost fallen into just, like, a managerial role a couple times, and I've thought that she's been, like, okay at that.
0: I Yeah, I I like when she, the role that she was in with Cody just being the Miss Elizabeth to Cody's right. character, I thought was such a great package, but they just clearly never, she just did not want to do that apparently. And they no, were just like, and
2: I get it. I can already hear <laughs> some people screaming out there about how she deserves better, but it's like, she can deserve the world, but if people aren't entertained by it and they don't want to watch it, it's not good for her or anybody else involved. Yeah. You know, yep. nobody cares about the Nightmare Collective.
0: And it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, because, you know, maybe she wants to be the DDP of the women's evolution, but like she's up there in age at this point, like not that she's old, but to be starting to learn right. wrestling, like this is a little bit right. late to be doing that.
2: No, you're not wrong about that. Either. Yeah. Learning on the, anyway, anyway, I'll stop.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've laid on brandy enough.
2: <laughs> main event, young bucks earned the number, another match you could have just made for full gear, but we went around and round anyway uh the young bucks beat private party butcher blade and silver and Reynolds of the dark order they've earned their match with FTR or have they post-match I loved this post-match totally in disguise completely <laughs> unnecessary
0: oh uh, I loved that the announcers tried to act like they couldn't figure out who this was <laughs> right away it's like guys they have a manager of course there's we know who this is like <laughs> like I was like, what are we doing? What? <laughs> Tell Tully to take the shirt off his yes. face.
2: Um, but yeah, they did a spike, or they smashed Matt's leg in a chair. I don't know. What do you think? Is, it, are we, is this going to be an excuse? Are we not going to get this match, you think?
0: I mean, I, I honestly, when they announced that this were were doing a four way for this thing, I thought that they should have swerved away from the Bucks just winning the number one contendership because it didn't make a whole lot of sense to make it. Well, I thought, I thought Butcher and Blade
2: wouldn't have been bad just because Kingston, it's a big night for Kingston and his group. Mm -hmm. I thought that would make sense, but yeah,
0: I I was totally kind of expecting a left field turn here where we would get somebody else in the match and then later on we'd continue with this story, but yeah like you said they won and then they did this thing that i have i now I, yeah i have no idea this seems like it's you know you set up a perfect reason to have that or maybe it's just a reason to then have him you know they'll have matt be limping the whole match sort of a thing like he'll work it like his uh, back like an New excuse Japan. yeah like just be like the it, excuse to why they lose sort of a thing
2: like they had a match but it was not I wasn't a hundred percent yeah, yeah you, right so yeah, we'll see. Um, it's also a weird just, thing
0: to do to the, you know, obviously FTR have been heels and they have been heels and you know, they, but the Bucks have been like obnoxious over the top heels and to right. then have them be the sympathy spot here at the end is kind of weird.
2: Right. Like what was the point of the heel turn? If you're like, Oh shit, we better make a, let's make a hard turn back towards baby phase and go <laughs> in as the sympathetic characters in this match. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Is that just how you guys handle things? You just get kind of pissy when you don't get your way. And then (laughs) once you get your way, everything, you're back to being nice guys.
0: We're done paying fines now.
2: Yep. Um, But yeah, I left it to talk about last year in our current wrestling. And that's the Dinner Debonair. Oh, yeah. Uh, This was amazing. One of the favorite things that I've seen in 2020.
0: I'm glad that you liked it because you, you had me going there with your little pause. I was worried that you were going to just completely shit all over this. And I was like, man, yeah. we can't be this far off here. Come on.
2: No, 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 no. This was amazing. I'm a sucker. I love musicals. I love movie musicals. I love when television series do their musical episodes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a sucker for singing of the spoken word to tell a story in any format and in any way. So. Yeah. Um, I loved this. I, I loved it from the beginning before I even knew it was going to be a musical because I, these two have, they just work so well with one another. Mm-hmm. I love the pissing contest about the steak and how oh, rare Jesus. they were ordering it. Yes. Um, and also, I really have to appreciate the writing on this segment to have the joke coming full circle with at the end the steaks are, are delivered, you know, mm-hmm. given to them <laughs> completely rare and they're both disgusted by it and, you know, want to oh, send yeah. them back. But, in between the musical number from these two, um, I have to say I was blown away.
0: Yeah. I didn't ex- – when because it was one of those things where I wasn't watching the night of. I can't remember what was I, going on that night. I, I right. didn't watch it the night of, but I would seen, like, something that there was a musical number, and that's all that I knew. And so right. going into no- knowing there was going to be a musical number, I just didn't expect it to be done as well as it was like true they put the time in they had you know the choreographed dance moves they were on time with everything you know and i thought it was great i i don't know where the song came from apparently it's a is it sinatra is that what they said that this was
2: yeah i can't remember either yeah it's something like, yeah it's something like that um no yeah the 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 dancing the stage mm-hmm. uh the whole layout of things you know it doesn't hurt when you have access to jacksonville jaguar cheerleaders when you're yep. coordinating something like this uh-huh uh huh yeah, no, I was I was floored. I thought it was great. And I wasn't at all surprised when I got on the interwebs, oh. you know, hours after this, a, mo- a little bit, I can't remember when, you know. Yeah. And I saw the response. And it was exactly how you would expect the response to go for something like this. You either loved it or you hated it. Yeah. And there's no in between. And – Something that I just want to propose to wrestling fans is sometimes that's just okay. And that's just how it's going to be. Like, we spend so much time... I'm not saying saying people that defend sexual predators or people that are flat out mean-spirited or hate... You know, but if you don't like a musical number in the middle of your wrestling show, that's okay. And it's okay that they don't like it. And it's okay that you really like it and you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's okay to wish that everybody liked things the way you like things, but yeah, we would all be a lot happier as fans. I think if we just maybe didn't go just... blue in the face, trying to convince everybody yes. to feel exactly the way we feel about things.
0: Because that's what it it felt like. It was a lot of people being like, oh, if this happened in WWE, you'd be shitting on it. It's like, well, if they did it this well in WWE, I still wouldn't be shitting on it. I'd be really enjoying it. But, like, you know, there were times that Chris Jericho got to do things like this in WWE, and it was good. I enjoyed the fellowship, you know, the friendship celebration. Like, that was one of the best things they did on television that year. But, like you were saying there with, like, the, you know, like what you like, don't like what you don't like, it's fine. It's, it's just like Vince Averill says, it's a subjective art form. This is something that is, you know, going to be brought in by the viewer and they're going to like what they like. And sometimes they won't like it and it's okay. And it's, it's great if you can explain why you don't like something or why you do like something, because that means that you put thought into it. But like Mm -hmm. you said, you don't need to convince everyone else of that. The only thing that I'm really upset about, like convincing everyone else on is just that Chuck Lorre sitcoms suck. But other than that, you're allowed to like what you like
2: now listen here all right we're not gonna go down that <laughs> path, why don't you just attack the guy that's created like the last three or four most successful sitcoms of all time while we're at it
0: <laughs> yeah generally yeah but that yeah no it, it it it's like you said it it was a lot of fun i really mm-hmm. enjoyed it I, I don't know that they should do this every week it's something that you should do on special occasions right. these kind of interesting right. ideas unique ideas but right. a, as a well, way I- to to you know not have these guys have to be immediately in matches and that sort of a thing. I thought this Mm -hmm. was great. Yeah.
2: And next week we're getting a town hall. So we'll see how that that
0: means. (laughs) (sighs) Oh yeah. No, every, every week that they've, you know, laid out what they're going to do with these two next week. I've always been like, I don't know what that means, but at least so far they've done it well enough that I've, you know, I'm not necessarily poo pooing it already.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, but that was uh. That was the week that was. Yes.
0: And I would talk more about New Japan, but since we're reviewing a show, I'll just wait to my thoughts for the G1 on there. So, Right on. There you go. All right.
3: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Comes
0: That's again. right, Hulk. You can Sunday, listen to the Golden Monday, Age of Grappling Tuesday, podcast Wednesday, any day Friday, of the week, but if you're looking for new Thursday, episodes, Thursday, you can check Friday, out Saturday, our website goldenagepodcast.com or look Sunday, for us on Monday, iTunes. Tuesday, new episodes Wednesday, releasing every. Oh, shut up, you fat
1: boy in the Friday, old? Saturday, Sunday comes again.